What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 184. This is a big one, both in terms of how great the game is and how how big the game is. Uh, we're talking one of the most iconic games from one of the most iconic trilogies in gaming. It's Mass Effect fucking 2. And if you're wondering, hey, what the fuck? Why are you covering Mass Effect 2 without covering Mass Effect 1? There's two reasons for that. A, Mass Effect 2 is better. And two, this episode was actually picked and sponsored by one of our Patreons, Zach Shepard. That's a perk we offer over on Patreon. If you don't know that, our listeners can bypass the Patreon polls and all that bureaucratic red tape or whatever it applies, whatever saying applies to businesses and decisions and stuff. And they can just sponsor an episode of the show. And uh, Zach really wanted us to talk Mass Effect 2. I'm fucking stoked as hell that he did because this game, kids... Oh boy. And if you're thinking like, oh man, I can't believe he's taking money to just talk about games people want to talk about. First of all, yeah, I am because it's money. And second of all, it's great for me to connect with the community. And third and most importantly, a big portion of that money is going to get donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton in December from a 24-hour stream. And I don't have to fucking explain anything to you, but I'm fucking explaining it anyways because I've had a lot of coffee and recorded like six episodes in the last 96 hours and I'm starting to think I'm a fucking hummingbird of some kind. But anyway, Zach Shepard wanted us to talk Mass Effect 2 and you're goddamn right that is what we're doing i have not played mass effect 2 since i originally played through it when it came out and so i revisited it for this episode and it was like 70 plus hours of my time very well spent and don't think that i'm just kissing this game's ass because a listener sponsored the episode i'll let them know up front if i don't like the game you're gonna fucking hear about it but i like this game in fact i would go as far as to say i love this game mass effect 2 it's a fucking masterpiece. It is one of the best video games I've ever played in my entire life. It got a nice cushy spot on my top 10 RPGs episode of Expansion Pass last year for a reason. It's phenomenal. And uh, as, you know who else is phenomenal? My bosom chum Chris, who makes his return to the podcast this week. He loves this game probably even more than I do. And this was a great podcast to just wash the bitter taste of last week's Sonic Adventure 2 episode out of my mouth. And we're going to get there in just a minute because speaking of leaving a bitter taste in your mouth, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long these days, but they're not boring. We talk about video games and fun stuff. You know what? Our intro is like like 1 100th, maybe like 1 150th as long as Mass Effect 2 and almost as good. Okay, well, that's not true. It's not as good, but it's not bad. It's not, it's better than Mass Infect Andromeda anyway. So there you go. Uh, we have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, tank tops, all rocking badass art. John by my man Joe over from uh, over at 4545creative.com if you want to show him some love. And you can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. And not just remember the game logos, but we've got our gaming mashup lineup where Joe took iconic gaming characters and squashed them together. We have our Never Forget the Sega Dreamcast shirt, which I fucking adore we have our new nintendo power cover design there's all kinds of fun stuff over there remember the game podcast.com and if you don't like clothes you can always consider supporting us on patreon where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck in the history of banging for bucks Ooh, that one's going to get me in trouble uh you can get exclusive access 
to both my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday, where I look at all the biggest news in modern gaming. I add my opinions and profanity and stuff in there. And Expansion Pass every Thursday is a different show every week. We do game rankings. We look back at characters, consoles. We do comedy-centric episodes. There's game reviews, all that kind of stuff. You get both those episodes every Thursday and Friday for just $2 a month. This past week on Expansion Pass, uh, the community actually picked a topic for us to talk about. And the 10 worst games I've ever played came out on top. And as is becoming tradition here in the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass. The 10 worst games that I've ever played in my life. I got my top 10. Just before we get into the top 10 countdown, with no explanations whatsoever, my 15 through 11 that just missed out on my list of my top 10 worst games I ever played were Bubsy 2. It's so much worse than Bubsy 1. Batman Forever for the Super Nintendo. South Park for the PlayStation 1. Home Alone 2 for the NES. And Killer Instinct for the Game Boy. Those are the five games that didn't quite make my list of my bottom 10. It's two wrestling games made my list of the 10 worst games of all time, including the game I have in at number 10. I think this game is not only worse than WWF Attitude or WCW Thunder, I think it is substantially worse than those two games. You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> number 10 on my worst 10 games of all time is WCW Backstage Assault. That was last week, and now for tomorrow's episode of Expansion Pass, we're actually going to take a look at the next 10.75 months in video games and talk about our most anticipated games of 2022. I actually would have liked to have covered this episode last month. We're running a little bit behind. You guys know what's happened there. Uh, still lots of runway left in 2022. I think this year is going to be a banger. So that's what we're going to do. Look at the upcoming games over the next 10 and change months and talk about which one we're most excited about. So again, two bucks gets you two additional podcasts a week, plus instant access to approximately 200 archived podcasts instantly there for you to listen to plus you can join our discord you can vote in our patreon poll you can uh, you get the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name on the show just like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to all of our newest patrons oh there's some names in here i'm gonna fucking massacre so i apologize in advance but here we go matt de barbu de barbu sorry matt marty n reese pritchard dean farrell rush's dog walker brian banks david carr mike milosh joshua d clayton the boa brian madden flyback posheroni mike woodling michael matthews russell segway segui Oh, I suck. I'm sorry. Ryan Melander, Matt Woody, Adam Stanley. You can call me Andy. KO Guard, Chow Guard, fucking those Chows from Sonic. Is that what that is? Motherfucker. Chow Garden, Smitty, Incubus Luna, Per Diem Daily, Dirty Mike, Chris Fearnall, Jason Campbell, Daryl Bellinger, Augustin Rodriguez, JB Trash Taroth, Native Gamer, James Floyd, Paul Burke, German Perez, Mario, and Antonis Constantaris. Uh, I, I sure I fucked up most of your names. Wear it as a badge of honor. And thank you all so much for the support. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. 
patreon.com slash remember the game. I know I do the Patreon pitch every week, but it's literally how I keep the bills on here around my house. And don't forget to wrap up the sales pitch. 5% of our Patreon every month is going to be donated to Remember the Children, our 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year, going to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. So you're helping the kids out. You're helping the kids out as well. So thank you all so much for the love. And if you're interested, you can find me on Twitch. I don't, I'm not going to ask you for your money. You can just come by and hang out with me and give me a hard time. I get on there a few nights a week. Uh, look for Member the Game over on Twitch. Not Remember the Game. Member the Game over on Twitch. And that is enough blowing myself. There's your plugs. There's your intro. Uh, let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridges. Our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons. Usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. And I, I love this segment, but it stresses me out because I want to read more comments, but I also don't want the segment to be two hours long. And we're growing so much. I used to have a dozen comments to pick from. I had 42 this week. So uh, if you didn't get read, I'm sorry. Keep asking. I promise. I'm trying to rotate the name. You guys know. I do this fucking splurry every week. Anyways. Uh, Bryce Jones, we're going to kick things off with this week, wrote into the show and said, Hey, Adam, recently my Nintendo Switch bricked, and I fear I will have to send it back to Japan for repairs. In the meantime, I picked up a 3DS for my Nintendo fix. I was hoping you and the other hot dogs might be able to recommend some hidden gems to check out. I am 33 years old, and I already lived through and played the Pokemons, Mario's, Final Fantasies, etc., and I'm looking for something different. Thanks for any input. P.S. I think it's awesome that I found a video game podcast that's hosted by a pot smoking simpsons lover that's the nicest thing anyone's ever called me on this segment so thank you very much bryce uh you know what the 3ds is pretty rad but i'm i gotta be honest with you bro i don't have a i didn't play a ton of it outside of you mentioned the marios the the, the pokemons uh the legend of zelda link between worlds is the best 3ds game in my opinion i think the legend of zelda link between worlds is fucking incredible it's the sequel to link to the past play it it's awesome uh i'll also shout out the fire emblem games on the 3ds fire emblem awakening and then i don't remember what there was like another trilogy that came out fire emblem awakening was my first fire emblem and it got me completely hooked on real-time strategy games so that game is fucking excellent and i wouldn't hesitate to uh browse the virtual console it's got a especially i don't know if you got a new 3ds or not i know you said you've already played a lot of those old games but there's tons of great classic fucking uh nintendo games available for like five six bucks each on the virtual console that's also fucking outstanding and worth checking out um trying to think yeah i'm really sorry i don't play i didn't play a lot of 3ds as much as i like that fucking thing uh oh luigi's mansion is supposed to be really good on it uh mario 3d land is awesome uh i know you already played these i see i suck i don't know i, I I'm, I'm sorry bryce i don't have any hidden gems i have no gems that are hidden other than fire emblem i don't know if fire Emblem was considered a hidden gem Fire Emblem Awakening is fucking awesome. Play that shit. That game is awesome. And uh, let me know what you decide to go with. And I'm sorry that I'm not more help, but shout out to the 3DS. Oh yeah, and for the love of fuck, like I said, play The Link, the Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds if you haven't. The best 3DS game in existence. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Donkey Kong Country uh, Returns, I believe, is on it as well. That game is fucking excellent too. Emma Frude wrote in on Patreon and said, my general stance of pre-ordering games has changed massively since Cyberpunk 2077 and other games that release as buggy messes. I often find myself less excited to get a game on day one, so I don't risk running into some kind of disappointment. It seems game developers slash general studios are in more of a rush to get them out rather than polish them up. I think it's easier to just buy them on eBay for a cheaper price a few months later. What are your thoughts? Hmm, you don't want to know what I think. 
Uh, no, I, I, I mostly agree. Listen, I have been incredibly vocal that I'm anti-pre-order. And I'm not going to sit here and get on my soapbox and preach to all of you that you shouldn't pre-order games. It's your fucking money. Do whatever you want. I don't... Do you. Uh, I don't pre-order games anymore. Because you're right. A lot of games come out fucking broken these days. They just do. And the thing is, especially as someone that likes to buy his games digitally most of the time, I have no reason to pre-order because it's not like you're going to sell out of digital copies. I'll just download it whenever the game fucking works. And I really, really like to read reviews first. Cyberpunk was a big one. How many people got fucked over by that game? I like to wait and see my reviews first. Now you said it's easier to just buy them on eBay for a cheaper price a few months later. I'm not going to lie to you. I, fucking I hate eBay, so I don't buy them off there. But yeah, I have no qualm with like going down to GameStop or whatever and picking up a fucking used copy of a game a few months down the road. I, even digital. I don't mind waiting until the digital game goes on sale and then picking it up. Uh, frankly, like... I'm not going to say I don't buy games day one because of course I do. But like a game has to really, really tickle my pickle before I'll plunk down to buy it day one. Not because I'm a cheap piece of shit, although I am a cheap piece of shit and I don't want to pay full price for the game. Uh, but because I like to, yeah, like I want to wait on reviews. Dude, Dying Light 2, perfect example. I was super fucking stoked for Dying Light 2. Then I saw the reviews and they were like, the game itself is really fun, but it's kind of buggy. It needs a little bit of work. It needs to be cleaned up. And I'm like, I have too much to fucking play right now anyway. So I'll wait. I'll buy it in a couple of months when they've had time to patch it a little bit and clean up some of the bugs. And maybe I'll save 15 or 20 bucks. I do agree with you that a lot of studios are rushing games out rather than polishing them up. I assume a big part of that has to do with either, uh, has to do with like, shareholders or trying to make you know that that quarter's money you're getting things out for the holidays stuff like that uh but i'll i will die on this hill that i'm anti-pre-ordering i just don't i don't i gotta be honest unless there's like a perk that you really just have to get that's only being included with pre-orders i'll wait just wait a couple of just wait just the review dude i'll tell you another thing to keep in mind it's not always the case but usually if a game developer of a game publisher won't list of games in bar won't lift a game's embargo till like the day it comes out which means that reviewers can't publish reviews of it they probably have something to hide whereas if they're willing to lift the embargo like a week or you know a couple of days in advance then they're probably confident in their game read the reviews first there's tons of copies you'll get a copy and yeah I don't know. That's my thought. I'm, I agree with you. Like I, I, it has become, it's not the exception to the rule to release a broken game and patch it day one. It's become the norm and I fucking hate it. So just wait until the patches come. That that's my opinion. There's always tons to play. Wait until it's patched, then fucking play it. Uh, dude, one of the names that I just fucked up in the shout outs, Matt DeBarbu, Matt DeBar, oh God, Matt, <laughs> Matt wrote in and said, finally played Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze after hearing you rave about it. My God, what a relentless game. I bet the highest death count I've ever had in a video game. I just finished it today and I am not going back to collect everything for a long time. Dude, Matt, I'm glad that you played it. I'm glad that you finished it. I hope you enjoyed it. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is fucking relentless, but I I adore it. I think it's, I don't know if I'd say it's the best Donkey Kong Country game, but I wouldn't say it's not either. I'd have to think long and hard about it. I love it. And I've said it many times on the show. I've actually 200%ed it. And you know what? You might be looking at it and being like, holy fuck, you went through and did the hard mode. If you've never played this game in hard mode, one hit kills you. But in hard mode, so like if you've never played Tropical Freeze, you control Donkey Kong at all times. And then you can find Diddy, Dixie, or Cranky Kong, but they'll ride on your back. And like if you have Dixie Kong on your back, she'll let you do her hair glide thing. If you have Diddy Kong on your back, he has his jetpack, so he'll slightly bump you up in the air. And if you have Cranky Kong on your back, he'll do the 
uh, Scrooge McDuck pogo bounce and you can land on spikes and stuff. But you don't actually control them. They just give you like an added ability as Donkey Kong. And then if you get hit, you lose them. And then if you get hit again, you die. When you play on hard mode, one hit kills you, but you can uh, just choose to pick as Diddy Dixie or Cranky. So you can play the entire game as Dixie Kong, which makes it so much fucking... I actually didn't find hard mode... I almost didn't find hard mode as hard as I found regular uh, tropical freeze mode. But for all of you out there that are, if you've not played it yet, it's on the Switch. It's on the Wii U for the four of you, the still of Wii U's. God bless the Wii U. And it is outstanding. Matt, I'm glad you played it. Tropical freeze is the fucking bees nuts. I love that game. Michael Matthews wrote in and said, I'm new to Patreon, so I thought I'd bring it to your attention that you could have it worse than being a Habs fan. You could be a Sharks fan like me. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> fucking, have you seen the standings? <laughs> I mean, you're right. Sharks have not had a good run. The Sharks were fucking great for like a decade. What do you, I mean, they never won a cup, but we haven't won a cup since the Sharks came into the league. Anyway, um, Matthew or Michael continues. I've been checking out your backlog of games on the podcast and I noticed a lack of a few that I love. So I thought I'd pass the suggestions along to you. If you've already played them, I'd love to hear your quick takes. And if you haven't, I would be honored if you check them out. Aww. Uh, and then Michael mentioned, Michael mentioned soul blazer for the super Nintendo. It's the last physical game I bought for my super Nintendo. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard of soul blazer. So I don't know that one. Goof Troop, tons of fantastic memories playing this co-op with my mom and late grandfather growing up. I've never played Goof Troop, but that one has come up a lot. And I remember seeing advertisements for it in my Archie comics back in the day. I promise you, Goof Troop is on my someday list. I promise you. And The Legend of Zelda, Four Swords Adventure on the GameCube, one I go against the, the grain on as a lot of people despised it. And I found the single player to be phenomenal. You know what? I, the first, I really wanted to play Four Swords Adventure when it came out. And my buddy and I were all gung-ho that we were going to buy it. We were going to play it. A true story, he got a girlfriend right around the time it came out. And then he kind of just stopped talking to me and just started hanging out with his girlfriend. And then I never went back to it. Um, but I remember seeing it. I thought that looked like a really fun game. But a lot of people do shit on it. And that scared me off. But Michael, apparently you are going against the grain because you're on board. So I'm sorry that I haven't played Soul Blazer, Goof Trooper, Legend of Zelda, Four Swords Adventures. If I had to rank them in order of like the one I want to play the most to the least, I would probably rank them Goof Troop. Legend of Zelda, Soul Blazer, just because I don't know what Soul Blazer is. I love Goof Troop. I'm going to fucking play that game at some point, I promise. Uh, thank you for writing in, my dude, and welcome to the uh, welcome to the community. A Sharp J wrote in and said, just a random thought slash question, but have you ever played or owned classic Concentration on the NES? I figured you must have played it at least once since it unknowingly provided the theme song for Play One, Remake One, or Race One, but is it a good game? I've never been a big fan of games based on game shows, but they keep being made, so there's definitely a market for them. Are there any out there that you like or could recommend? So yes, I did own classic Concentration on the NES when I was a kid. That's why I, I decided to go with that song as the unofficial theme song of Play One, Remake One, or Race One, and I loved that show as a kid. Like, I loved it on TV. I I had the NES game. I actually had the physical board game. And when I was a little kid, I used to make my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and my mom and dad play it. And I would be like the host. And if you've never played Classic Concentration, it's a fucking great game. Look it up. Basically, you have 25 numbered bricks, like a five by five grid. And uh, one block will be uncovered to begin with, and it'll show a part of a puzzle. And then the other 24 cover the puzzle. And one contestant at a time, you go one-on-one, -on -one, picks two numbers, and you have to like it's you have to make matches. Like they all have prizes behind them. And anytime you match two cards, you get that prize. Like say two cards have a washing machine behind them. Then you win, you get the washing machine added to your list of prizes. They uncover the puzzle. You can take a guess at the puzzle, whatever it is behind the the 
the, the bricks, and then you get to pick again two more squares, two more squares, two more squares. And whoever solves the puzzle behind it uh, wins all the prizes that they had unlocked. It's a really good game, and yes, it is worth playing on the NES. I guess the computer, it kind of sucks because the computer sucks, but if you've got someone to play it with, it's awesome. As far as other game show video games I'd recommend, I'm going to shout out Double Dare on the NES. It sucked. But holy fuck, we played so much of it when I was a kid. And then for more modern games, actually my nephew Ben uh, got really into Wheel of Fortune and bought it on the Switch. And we used to play it all the time. And it was surprisingly... Wheel of Fortune, to me, if you've got people to play with, will always be playable. Wheel of Fortune's fucking awesome. Um, I think that's the only game show was I can really think to play. I mean, Jeopardy... I gotta be honest, though. I've only ever answered like 10 Jeopardy questions right in my entire life if they're not about sports. So... I mean, Jeopardy's out there, but I fucking suck at it. So there you go. Uh, thanks for writing in, Jay. Uh, Jake Carter wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I got a fun-filled scenario for you. By the way, the record, Jake, this doesn't fucking sound like fun at all. Jake says you're on a three-day road trip and you have to be in the back of a car with one of these characters for the entirety of it. Titus from Final Fantasy X laughing uncontrollably. Ugh. Ashley from Resident Evil 4 constantly yelling help. Or Navi from Ocarina of Tim telling you to listen. Choose wisely. <sighs> Can I crash the car into a lake? Because that's that's my fucking choice. Otherwise, I'm going to... Oh, God. I'm going to go with Navi because maybe I could open the window and she would get sucked out. That's going to be my... Oh, that fucking sounds like hell. Jake, you're on single seeker probation for fucking sending that in. And finally, before we move on from blowing in the cartridge, it's ladder time. It's ladder time. And Biddy wrote into us and said, maybe you've already explained this and I missed it, but I'm curious. What, what do you feel contributed most to your interest in console gaming versus PC gaming? For me, I think it might've been a combination of two things, a generational or age divide for one, but I've never liked the fact that someone's PC maybe not be up to performance standards for a new game. Whereas if you own the console, the game is made for, you know, it'll perform the way it was meant to without having to spend more money to make sure one element of your system is up to date. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I ever have, I mean, I've probably explained it at least in parts. We didn't really have a PC growing up. We had a really cheap, crappy PC where I used to play like shareware games and I used to play, um, like some of the point and click, like Maniac Mansion is Zach Galifianakis or whatever, not Zach Galifianakis, Zach McCracken, not Zach Galifianakis, that's the actor, Zach McCracken and stuff like that. But growing up, we just didn't have PC. I always had Nintendo and stuff. I didn't have a PC. It wasn't until almost high school that my family got a PC that could actually run anything. And that's when I discovered Roller Coaster Tycoon, which if you go back and I remember the game archives, I covered by far my favorite PC game of all time. I fucking love Roller Coaster Tycoon. So that almost hooked me. That one, I was like, maybe I will become a PC gamer. Then I ran into the exact issue that you're talking about, Biddy. I bought, I think it was NHL... 99 i bought an nhl game for the pc thinking like well this will run better than on my playstation and our place and our pc wasn't good enough to run it and it really just left a sour taste in my mouth where i was like what the fuck so i go buy a game and then it turns out my computer can't run it and you, i know a lot of you're listening and you're like well it's on you to know if your computer can run it or not i don't care i don't want to know anything i was like i can just go buy this on my playstation put it in my playstation and fucking play it that is the primary reason I'm so opposed to PC gaming is I don't know a lot about PCs. I don't have any interest in learning a lot about PCs and it is a massive turnoff to me to know that I might buy a game and then not be able to fucking play it. Case in point, I've told this story. I bought the Sega Dreamcast like classics collection or whatever the fuck it is off steam so I could play Jet Set Radio for this podcast 
And when I tried to fire up Jet Set Radio, it wouldn't launch. And you can find this. This isn't me. You can find this by Googling it. You actually, I had to go into two of the files in like the classic collection thing and like change the name of the files or something to make the game fucking run. And that was my first PC game in forever. And then it wouldn't fucking work. So I know PCs have come a long way and they're super convenient. People fucking love them. I have no time for it at all. I just, and add in the fact that like, I like to use a controller and I know you can use controllers on PC, but a lot of PC gamers use keyboard and mouse and I fucking hate hate it i'm like dude i just don't get it like and again if you're a pc geek mazel tov live your life play on whatever the fuck you want to play on but i'm like i just want to put the game in my console pick up my controller and play plus i like to sit in my fucking recliner and play on my tv i don't want to sit at my desk and play on my computer so all those things put together i to me pc gaming just seems like the most inconvenient fucking way to play video games ever and i get a ton of requests from people when are you gonna go back and cover some old pc games like starcraft and insert your favorite old pc game that i don't know here i gotta be honest with you more than likely never and i'm not trying to be an asshole i just i have so many console games that i still want to get to and i hate fucking playing on pc so like it's the games aren't even going to get a fair shake. If the Steam Deck comes out, works like it's supposed to, runs great and I can pick one of those up, then maybe you'll get some PC reviews cuz I'll play some games on the Steam Deck. But as far as sitting down at my fucking and I have a nice PC. I have a nice gaming laptop that I bought for the for my Twitch streaming and stuff. But it, as far as sitting down in front of my computer and playing PC games, I'm just being honest. I I know I break Master Racer's balls all the time about it. I have no qualm playing on whatever the fuck you want to play on. I have no interest in playing on PC. So I hope that answers the question. That's the long and short of why uh, that's now, now you know why Adam is so anti PC. And if you're wondering why I'm anti Sega Saturn, truth be told, I have no qualm with the Sega Saturn. It's the Saturnians that won't leave me the fuck alone that have turned me off. There you go. Thank you for all the submissions this week. We still have more segments to get to. So let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment. The official game show. Remember the game industries play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. The third game is erased from time forever. As always, there are no wrong answers. There is a right one. We'll get there in a minute. And this time around, since I figured I figured we're talking a Bioware RPG in Mass Effect 2, so I thought let's throw three more Bioware RPGs into the hot seat. We've got Jade Empire, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and Dragon Age Origins. And I know, I know some of you are like, uh, well, uh, KOTOR is actually getting a remake already. There's a caveat on this week's game. If you're playing and you don't remake KOTOR, the scheduled remake is canceled. There, bases are covered. Um, and I figured having KOTOR as a remake would be a popular opinion anyway. I didn't expect it to be this popular. 45% of the vote, and keep in mind, there are six options. 25 to 30% of the votes, usually enough to win. 45% of you voted to play Dragon Age Origins, remake Star Wars KOTOR, and erase Jade Empire. And I'm conflicted on what I want to do here. The only one I've played is KOTOR, and I definitely want it remade because I love that game. But now I've got a remake, or now I have to erase either Dragon Age Origins or Jade Empire. I've never played either, and I hate erasing games that I haven't played. So let me see what a few of you have to say here, and then I'll decide what I'm going to do. Venom1438 wrote in and said, This one's right up my alley. I love all of these games. Play KOTOR as it is. I love the mechanics, and the story is amazing. It doesn't need changing. Remake Dragon Age, because I'd love to see this game with updated 
updated graphics as it's my favorite of all the Dragon Age games. And unfortunately, Erase Jade Empire, simply because it's my least favorite of the three and I gotta play by the rules, still a great game though. Venom, thank you for just saying I'm gonna play by the rules. We don't get enough of that anymore. I appreciate that very, very much. And I get you, man. I've been many weeks where there's three games that I love and I'm like, fuck, I gotta erase one of them. I don't want to. Ah, fuck. Um... I find it interesting that you said KOTOR doesn't need changing. Because I agree, KOTOR is awesome. But I, I want it fucking remade. I'm not going to lie to you. I want to see it remade. Uh, Captain N wrote in. And Captain N's fucking walking on thin ice this week. He said, I'd play Dragon Age because I haven't yet. And it sits in my library on PlayStation. I'd remake Jade Empire because it was a beautiful game that I don't believe was given its due. And I'm going to erase KOTOR because I don't like it. No other reason than that. How the fuck do you not like kotor captain n you and i i i'm not i'm i'm not a big enough star wars geek to put you on double secret probation for that but you're um you're on my fucking good eyes watch list i can fucking promise you that right now kotor is fucking kotor for god's sakes <sighs> you know captain in my fucking books laces out dan wrote in and said this one's pretty easy for me play kotor this game looks incredible and i've heard only amazing things so i'll have to give it a shot remake dragon age i can't even tell you how many times i've played through this game at the time of it coming out i was entranced by how good the story was and depending on your character selection you get different results throughout the game it was the best this would look incredible with a new coat of paint and then erase jade empire i have no good reason for erasing this as i don't want to erase any of them but this one just didn't make the cut this time sorry to say it but but Itoma, Itamagoi, Itamagoi, bye bye. He says, I'm sorry to say it, but it I T O M A G O I, and then in brackets, bye bye. Listen, laces out, Dan. I like your handle and I like the cut of your jib and your logic. Fucking say bye. Don't Itamag, Itamagoi. How about just bye bye? Or I'll Itamagoi you, laces out, Dan fucking people with your goddamn big words dbxj wrote in and said play jade empire it was perfect in its time and its nostalgic value will always keep me bringing or keep bringing me back to it remake kotor while i love the original i think that for sure a more modern engine and more powerful consoles could fully bring out everything they were attempting to do with it gameplay wise and they've already announced a remake for it so win-win and then finally erase dragon age while i understand the hype around the series i could not get into the story and it wasn't for a lack of trying and while it might have been awesome for its time many games just do a better job of it nowadays uh yeah all right i i have no problem with that dude i'm i'm just excited that not everyone erased jade empire that fucking wore my heart because i don't know that game but i think it looks neat so well done db michael mathis one of our resident rpg uh super fan nerds wrote in and said play dragon age origins it was a great game with good lore and fun gameplay i think it's the best one in the series wow uh, I've only played Inquisition, but wow, okay. Uh, remake Star Wars KOTOR. This game, more than Halo 1, convinced me to get an Xbox. I'm very excited for this remake, but I hope they don't change too much about it. I agree with that. And then Erase Jade Empire begrudgingly. I love this game. Even though it was Xbox graphics, I thought it looked great. Light Side and Dark Side was replaced with Open Palm and Closed Fist. If you like the other games on this list, I highly encourage you to try this. You can play it on Xbox Series Everything. It doesn't cost much. I think it's in Game Pass as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. Um, I like that. Open Palm and closed fist that's great i i am gonna at some point i'm gonna play jade empire mark my words 
And Dave Thompson wrote in and said, Adam, you devious devil. This is a tough one. I am a devious devil. I think I'm going to land on the least popular side of the ledger here, but bear with me before you put me on double secret probation. Play Dragon Age Origins. This one's the best in the series, and for me, it was a great evolution of the traditional Bioware RPG. Remake Jade Empire. I missed this one as I didn't have an OG Xbox, and I've always heard the combat system was really unique, and the settings based on Asian mythology would be cool to see with updated graphics and a new coat of paint. Plus, it's the Year of the Tiger, so give this game some love. And finally, I'd remake KOTOR, unfortunately. I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy, and I'd rather just play Boulder's Gate 2 if I want that kind of RPG. Sorry, Star Wars nerds. Don't zap me with your phasers or photon torpedoes. Winky emoji. I don't even know much about Star Wars, but that made me twitch just a fucking little bit. But I love the idea that you're remaking Jade Empire, because I was looking at pictures of it, and I was like, man, like I've always been intrigued by this game, and it would look great with a fucking modern, like a, a new coat of paint. You're right. It would fucking look really good. Uh... After weighing all my options per, uh, uh, carefully, I've decided to go with the runner-up. 23% of you voted the way I th did this week, including Jerry Robinson, who wrote in and said, Oh my God, you're making me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. <laughs> I don't like that, Jerry. Don't like that. Jerry says, This might put me in double secret probation, but I love KOTOR, so I'd remake it, erase Dragon Age, and play Jade Empire. I don't know the other two games at all, but KOTOR was one of the Xbox's best games ever, along with Fusion Frenzy. You can have no money and still be a good guy in KOTOR. Not. Dark Side is where it's at with all the Dark Side powers. Gotta play evil. And I agree with you. I love KOTOR. You get to be rich when you play as the evil playthrough. It's always more fun to play as the evil playthrough. I have not played the either two either. So I'm not quite sure, uh, but I am going to do the same as you. I'm going to play Jade Empire. I'm going to reluctantly erase Dragon Age, and I'll explain why. I'll play Jade Empire because the only Dragon Age game I've played is Inquisition, and I loved it, and I just can't imagine liking an older one more. I've gotten my fill. If I want more Dragon Age, I'm going to play Inquisition. So I'm going to I'm gonna play Jade Empire because it's brand new to me. I'm going to remake KOTOR because I've already played it. It's awesome, and I want to see what it looks like with next-gen graphics, and I'm going to erase Dragon Age because, like I said, I've already played one, and we already have a George. I don't need to play an old one when I've played Inquisition, but I would like to play them all. So uh, there you go. Thank you so much for everybody that wrote in this week. As always, what have I been playing over the last seven days? Two games. Secret of Mana. Really digging it. I'm hoping to fucking finish it soon. And Nobody Saves the World, which I'm really, really digging on Xbox. And I'm probably going to do a review of it sooner than later. And for all of you that are like, when are you going to play Pokemon Legends? When are you going to play Pokemon Legends? When I'm done Secret of Mana, then I'm going to pick up Pokemon Legends. I almost promise. All right? I'm very interested. I want to play it. Holy cow. Good enough. There you go. That's all of the normal wheelings and dealings I pull off in every intro. Let's talk Mass Effect 2. That's why you're here. I like to give our listeners a minute to share some of their thoughts on the game before my guests and I ramble incoherently. Matt Woody wrote in on Patreon and said, Mass Effect 2 holds such a dear place in my heart. After Mass Effect 1 sucked me in like no other game before had, Bioware had the audacity to make a sequel to what I thought was the best game ever, and they hit us with this masterpiece. Mass Effect 2, built upon the already established lore and universe of the first one, kept the RPG aspects in just the right way, and gave us so much better gameplay. Not to mention the all-star cast, phenomenal voice acting that made this feel more like a movie I was experiencing, rather than a game that I was playing. The stories were gripping, and deep i love this game i wish more developers would take notes from bioware when it comes to the development of mass effect 2 for new AAA titles i literally agree with every single thing you fucking said matt woody i have nothing to add and you're gonna hear me just repeat that in a much longer form in about two minutes uh a town 
wrote in and said, it took me a long time to get around to playing this one as I started the first one, but my file kept getting erased and I was just eternally on the Citadel. I finally played through the entire original trilogy this January and I loved it so much that I immediately started another run with the remastered trilogy. Truly some amazing games with the second being a real highlight. And I agree. Like I had no intention of like, I played the second one to get ready for this podcast and I'm like foaming at the mouth to fucking fire up the remastered trilogy and just play through all three of them again now. They're so good, you guys. If this episode doesn't hook you to convince you to play it i give up i don't know what else i can do jerry mulis wrote it and said holy fuck i love this game this is one of if not the absolute my absolute favorite franchise in gaming i didn't play them as they released but i did get the collection on the 360 when they released that and i bought them again through steam and i bought the legendary edition without a second thought when it released as well mass effect 2 is by far the best entry into this amazing franchise it combined all the characters we knew and loved with mass from mass effect 1 with some amazing additions jack is still one of the most rewarding romances in the series come at me bro i agree with you and it changed up some of the mechanics that made mass effect one feel slow getting into extraterrestrial firefights suddenly felt more alive than mass effect one with squad mechanics actually being useful to set traps and use abilities to this day i remember the sound of the reapers the conversations as shepherd with all of the crew and just the way the entire galaxy felt legitimately alive jesus fuck i love this game I yeah fucking well said Jerry and I agree with you Jack is the fucking bet well you'll hear more about that in a minute I'm a huge fucking Jack fan Mako Revived wrote in and said I remember playing the first one and thinking it was so good it was refreshing I loved it then Mass Effect 2 came out and I could not believe how much it surpassed its predecessor the combat felt better the graphics were tighter everything everything about the sequel amazed me I still have moments of nostalgia thinking about how much fun I had playing through this game and trying to keep my teammates happy so I didn't get fucked in the suicide mission at the end and yes the sound of the reapers that is a sound you do not forget it was so powerful and threatening fucking right that mission at the end there's a whole i should warn you guys we're not going to completely spoil everything but there are spoilers in this episode that final mission is the greatest final stage in the history of video games straight up uh and mizuru wrote in and said i had an xbox 360 but i only played gears of war on it maybe with the games being on game pass pc i'll give them a go but i get bored of shooters will the campaign excite me enough to get through it it fucking will i think listen to this if this doesn't convince you there'll be no convincing because you are gonna see a giant circle jerk of epic proportions right now when it comes to mass effect 2 and before my buddy chris and i geek out all over it my man zach as i mentioned at the beginning of this episode was kind enough to sponsor this episode of the podcast so we hooked up on discord and had a chat about Mass Effect 2 as well. And I actually cut a snippet of our conversation out for the podcast to let Zach explain what Mass Effect 2 means to him. So we're going to go to that. Then we're going to go right into Chris and I getting wrist deep into Mass Effect 2. And just a quick heads up, Zach and I had our chat on Discord. We were having some tech issues. So the audio got a little funky, but I cleaned it up the best I could. I think it's listenable now. So blame me for that if you don't like it. I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun getting to chat with a member of our community. We have more episodes like this coming up. Uh, and like I mentioned off the top, a portion of the proceeds are getting donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital here at Edmonton with my 24-hour stream at the end of the year. So wins all around. Zach, you, thank you so much. Let's cue up some of the Mass Effect 2 tunes. There they is. And when they stop, Chris, Zach, and I are talking Mass Effect fucking 2, which originally debuted worldwide on January 26th, 2010. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Uh, so as you all know, we're talking Mass Effect 2 this week, and uh, the Patreon 
uh, the supporter of the show, friend of the show, hot dog, that supporter or that sponsored the episode uh, is my man, Zach Shepard. Zach, how's it going, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fucking, well, I'll be good if this worked. I'll feel, <laughs> I'll feel better when I know this fucking worked. Uh, Zach, you picked Mass Effect 2, so I'm going to just shut the fuck up for a minute. People are sick of my voice, I'm sure. Explain <laughs> why why Mass Effect 2. What what do you what do you where do you feel on this game? Where are you coming from? Go for it. Well, we finally realized uh, finally figured out what takes what it takes for Adam Blank to shut up and it's money. So, um, <laughs> um, I picked Mass Effect 2. Um, you're going to actually like this. It was a game that I picked on the PS3. It was a demo that I tried out. I played the first level that had nothing to do with the story, and I was like, okay, I'm going to GameStop and buying this game. Um, instant hook. I don't even remember. I think it was just the first mission when you're um, waking up uh, from being dead. Yeah. Spoiler. Um, and I was like, what is this? This is awesome. I want it. So uh, I played through the second one, and it just changed what I thought gaming could be this incredible story and yeah i've probably played it maybe 15 20 times jesus um, christ holy it, fuck that's like 12 million hours it, i was something. gonna say you and i were talking off air about like different games that like we hadn't played yet and you mentioned that you i'm not gonna call you out but you had mentioned that you hadn't played some games and now i understand why it's because literally every hour that you've been alive for the last fucking decade and a half or whatever the fuck it's been, you've been just playing Mass Effect 2. Jesus Christ. That's I love it because you were coming by the streams and you were just like, like I would I was stuck and you I could tell that right away you fucking knew exactly where to go. And I was like, how does somebody know a game this big this well? But it's because you fucking played it so many goddamn times. Fair yeah. enough. I get it. So did you ever play the original then? Or did you like did you ever go back and play the whole trilogy or you just Mass Effect 2? You're just like tunnel vision. Uh my brother has the uh, xbox 360 he didn't he doesn't game much but um he had the 360 i played mass effect 2 and i was like i have to figure out what the hell is going on like uh what's great about the series is they're self-contained but there's things in the first one and the second one that translate to the next one that you play yeah Okay, like, I just got thrown into it and does a really good job of catching you up, but I'm like, I need to play the first one. Like, if this is as great as gaming can get, then I need the first one. So I texted my brother, like, hey, can I borrow your 360 for just to play one game? He was like, yeah, sure. So he let me borrow it. I bought Mass Effect 1 on Xbox 360, played through that, and it was almost just as good. I mean, it was a little weird. Uh, It's not quite as good but it's still a great game thank you uh, thank you i dude i don't mean to interrupt i'm gonna shut up but just thank you for saying it's not that mass effect one isn't bad or isn't good it's not as good as mass effect two thank you very much i'm sorry continue go ahead i'll shut up sorry yeah no uh, you're good um so i played through that and um it was just like you know the pieces fell together and it's like wow this is even bigger it's a bigger universe than just the the as big as the second game is. Mm-hmm. So an epic, you know. Dude, there it's it's one of the greatest trilogies ever created in the history of video games. It's fucking phenomenal. Uh, so I have a couple questions for you. Number one, uh, favorite companion. Um, damn. There's three that stand. There's two that stand out the most. Um, but I would say probably favorite is Legion. Okay. I just 
he's got so much so much personality with without with by being a robot um and uh it's such a cool like no one no one on the ship actually wants him but he turns out to be one of the most loyal uh he's yeah he's cool yeah and the the introduction to legion and in a mission uh is just one of the most incredible like introductions to a character okay and then you said you had two who's the other one um as much as i love garris i gotta go with grunt he uh he's the man um for most of the game i played garris and grunt and then once i got legion it was grunt and legion till the end fuck yeah my only like because i agree i love legion my only beef with legion is i wish you got a little bit more time with him you only get yeah. him for like fucking half an hour or whatever the fuck it is and then the game is over. Like I wish yeah. he joined you a little bit earlier. But I agree. I fucking I love it when enemies team up with like the heroes to stop something else, and that's what it is, yeah, and yeah. it's fucking epic. I love it. Well both of them. I mean, no one wanted uh no one wanted you to wake up grunt and it's like Yeah, okay. Like yeah, yeah you, you don't really want a Krogan run around in a yeah. ship and stuff. Like, I'm like no it's like fuck that you see that guy like you see him in the tank you're like you don't want that guy on your team go fuck yourself that guy's a beast man I, I'm yeah. all about he should be the leader for fuck's sakes he's fucking <laughs> god for god's sakes um okay well that's okay so I get that you love the series I'm glad to know who your favorites uh are in this series which is excellent uh to, the other question before we score this thing another question quickly I had for you was uh without spoiling the ending of the Mass Effect trilogy uh are you how do you like like are you good with it like did you i know a lot of people hate it like did i I, are you what do you think i i don't know what i think about it i'm I'm in the middle of it what do you think um i i accepted it um i think it could have been better i think it could have been happier but again when you look at the scope of everything that shepherd as a character has been through it's like he's he's always going to be one the one that sacrifices himself um it doesn't need to have a good it doesn't need to have a good ending he he you know it as as far as like a happy one, I think it was a good ending. It just wasn't what people were wanting for something that big. It's like Breath of the Wild too. I mean, people, no matter what happens, people are gonna shit on it because it's not the first one. You're right. I mean, it's, you're right. I'm, it'll be a nine point nine out of ten, but it's just like, oh, it wasn't the first one. Yeah. So, uh, with with that expectation, how do you finish something like that? Fair. Um, Dude, you nailed it. You nailed it when you said you accepted it. I think that's a great way to word the the ending of the trilogy. It's not that it was awful, but you're like it was fair and it was it was fair enough. Yeah. You're like that's what it is. Fair enough. I can get on board with that. I can yeah. get on board with that. Before we sat down, you and I were talking about how we're going to score this thing, and yeah. uh, you came up with a. I had no idea what the fuck to do for a system, and you were like, "Well, there's 13 companions, so let's go with 13." And I'm like, "That's a great fucking system." So uh, I'll give you the floor, Zach, on a scale of one to 13. What would you score Mass Effect 2? I'm going 13 yeah. with a little with a little blemish where Garrus got shot in the face. The only complaint. <laughs> so it's like a the 13 o- that's been shot in the face? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's like a 12.95. How's got that? Yeah, um, I got it. Uh, Zach, you, uh, we talked beforehand. Dude, the, I'm going to shut the fuck up. The floor is yours. If you got something you want to plug... Plug away. Tell the masses. What do you got? What's going on? Tell. Shut. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Well, um, I don't do anything special <laughs> on any social media or anything. Uh, I'm just a simple man. But um, one of my good friends, Jason May, he's an illustrator out in Rhode Island. 
him and another friend, Chris Gugliotti, uh, an illustrator in Connecticut, they have a weekly YouTube channel, a uh, YouTube series called Jason Made Draws, and they let the audience pick what they're drawing for the week. And it's really cool. It's family friendly. They don't swear. They don't talk about the stuff we talk about on here. Um, <laughs> they do. They're incredible artists. Uh, Jason just did a book with Lego. Um, Chris has done some stuff with DC Comics. So they're very talented uh, artists. And uh, it's seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Uh, Adam's going to throw the link in the description. Yep. Check them out. Give them a follow. Um, they're incredible. Tell them. Zach sent them. They actually did. They actually did an episode on me for my birthday, like two years ago, and they drew me as stupid shit. So <laughs> that's sick. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, give them a ch- uh, check them out if you're interested. Um, they they do talk about the industry, but yeah, fucking right. Yeah. I like it, dude. You had me at Lego. When one of them's worked with Lego, I was like, fucking right. I'll check them out. So like Zach said, the description or the their YouTube link is in the description of this podcast. Feel free to show them some love. Tell them Zach uh, sent you. And uh, Zach, you and I are going to talk off air. But listen, bro, thank you so much for uh, for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for listening. And bro, thank you for picking Mass Effect 2 because it was an excuse to revisit one of the best video games I have ever fucking played ever. So thank you very much, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week, and we're kind of close. It is Monday at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and this episode goes live in about 27 hours. So we're sneaking this in. This, dude, it would take longer to play Mass Effect 2 than it's going to be between the time we record this and the time this episode goes live. Uh, But joining me via the blank phone is the guest that started the whole thing, one of my best pals, my buddy Chris. Uh, How's it hanging, buddy? Oh, good, man. And if you need something to do before these 27 hours are up, start playing Mass Effect 2. Yes, yes, agreed. You should. And I've already, well done. And I'm going to mention this. I'm sure I mentioned this in the intro, but in case I forget, I'm just putting it out there right now. Uh, we are going to spoil this fucking thing. So uh, if you've not played it, I'm not saying don't listen to this episode, but just tread lightly because everyone should experience this game. And we're not going to get into like, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for you, Chris. I'm not going to get into like the fucking super nuances of the story and everything, but we're going to talk about the characters and some of that kind of, it's, I don't dude, like I asked you what kind of, before we started, like, I don't even know if you could review this game without spoiling some stuff. I don't think so. I mean, it's just, it's, well, first of all, it's based on the first game, right? So yeah, like if you haven't played that, then you got to go back to start anyways. But and it's just yeah. like yeah, and it's just so narrative driven. Like uh, I'm trying to think of like I mean maybe Kotor. Like I'm trying to think of another game I've played that is so heavily dependent on the narrative of the game. Like I, I like I mean listen, I love this. Game. I don't even know if I can come down on this game. I love this game so much, but like without the story, if there was just the gameplay, Chris, without the story elements, 
this is not that great of game. Like, the combat is okay. Does like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. It's I. I the combat's not good enough to be Gears of War. The RPG system isn't good enough to be Kotor. Yeah, you're but right. But everything just comes together in such a way that yeah. Yeah, you're right. Some's greater than the parts, I think. It's not quite a mop, and it's not quite a pup. No, you're right. It's just it's so <laughs> you're right. It does like on on its okay. So just I guess okay. If you've not played, like I'm gonna fucking gush. I adore this fucking video game. But like, if you've not played the Mass Effect trilogy, they're a trilogy of RPGs, action RPGs from Bioware, where you control Commander Shepard. Uh. It's, do, you, do you always do? Do you have a first name that you assign to your commander, Shepard? Oh, it's just default. Oh, whatever default. it is. Okay, I, I'm a Hoju Shepard myself. <laughs> but uh, you basically take control of this dude, Z- uh, Shepard, uh, and then you you like we're not gonna we're gonna do our, my best not to talk about Mass Effect one or three. We're gonna try to stick to Mass Effect two. Chris mentioned it. This one picks up right after Mass Effect one, and uh, the long and short of it is the 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 universe. Is it the universe or multiple universes? I guess. I don't know. I think it's more or less the Milky Way. No, it's not the Milky Way. Is it the Milky Way galaxy? I don't know. Dude, ah, uh, fuck. What are we, three minutes Everything into Everything there this? is is pretty much yeah. we're, th- we're th- for grabs. We're three minutes into this, and we're going to catch shit from the nerds. They're going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> it was the son of Saturn mood. Anyway, basically everything in outer space is falling apart because these fucking bad guys are coming in to take over it. And you control this guy who's like a legendary hero. And your job is to recruit a a ragtag team of misfits from around the galaxy and come together and stop these bad guys from taking over. If I, that, I think that explains the basics of it. And you're on a suicide mission. So don't expect to live. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, you are. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and that's basically like, that's, we'll get more into it, but like, if you've not played it, that's the very, very, very brief summation of it. And the game is kind of split between narrative things where you're walking around and making decisions and building the story. And then the actual combat things where you're taking the team of, of your, uh, your, of your uh, colleagues or whatever uh, into various areas. And it's like a third person over the shoulder uh, style shooter with like psychic powers and stuff like that. And like I'm really I'm, I don't even know where to start. I love this game so much. You you mentioned it like it it does you have to what's really like I ask you Chris cuz you play more RPGs than I do, I think. Like I can't think of another series where your decisions carry over and impact one game to another to another as much as this one. If there is one and I'm no. sure, like if there is one and someone's going to fucking yell at me for that too. Um it's incredible. Like like when you like you can listen, if you can pick up Mass Effect 2 and just play it and it's okay. Um, I, I implore you to play Mass Effect 1 before you play Mass Effect 2. You can do it without it, but it, the game makes a billion times more sense. And a whole bunch of the decisions you make in Mass Effect 1 have a direct impact on Mass Effect 2. Maybe that's where we'll start, because Chris, like, I've played other games where you make decisions and your decisions are supposed to impact the world and stuff like that. Very few have I played where they impact the world as much as Mass Effect, though. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's big things. It's little things. Like, the one person you maybe talked to for three lines in the first game shows up in the second one doing something else. And yeah. Like, the way if you... they're dead, they're gone. Like, they're not just popping up again either. And... No, it's incredible. Like, the, the way you take on missions can affect future games. And you can pick who lives and who dies in game one. And that has a direct effect on game two. And some 
of the characters that you have on your team in Mass Effect 2 were your allies in Mass Effect 1. And it's like they'll remember what happened between you and them during the events of Mass Effect 1. And again, Mass Effect 3. Uh, now, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit. I'm going to look to you for this because I am I have not played Mass Effect 3 since Mass Effect 3 came out. But, like, it is the same thing, right? Like, your decisions in Mass Effect 2 carry over to Mass Effect 3, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. like, well, in 3, like, you're pretty much, it's the end game, right? So everything you've done in 1 and 2 is going to culminate. and Right. Okay. Pretty much your end game army is based on the decisions you made in one and two. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. I couldn't remember. Like I, so like that's what, okay. Uh, so like just that, and it's not like one of those fucking games where like you make a decision and then the dialogue changes and then that's it. Like your decisions, like you, dude, like, um, so, uh, fuck, it's been a few weeks since I played this. I really wanted to record this right after I played it again. But then I kind of disappeared off the face of the earth for a couple weeks. What is the name of the fucking species uh, that Grunt is? Uh, what the heck is he? I know that. It's this. fucking going to drive me crazy now. And Tur people not Turian. Um, shoot, not Turian. Jeez. Um, uh, Krogan. Krogan. Right. So if you've not played these, thank you. If you've not played these games, the Krogan, which by the way are my favorite uh species in the game I, do you have a favorite species in the game i'm just curious i, I love the krogans oh i love the solarians the solarians and i love morden when you get to the character part yeah 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 me too we'll get there but yes i agree me too um the the krogans like this is just one example of how you affect the game here the krogans are these like giant hulking i don't even know how you'd explain them like armadillos i guess armadillo looking fucking animal things they're like they're just beasts and uh you make decisions throughout the series about like the future of their species uh, like yeah well well still recruiting some of them to be members of your team at the same time and it's just like that's not a little decision that's not a decision you make where like oh now it turns out becky doesn't like you at the end of the game like these are massive decisions that completely affect the the story of the game. And that's just one example. I don't want to get into all the decisions because I don't want to spoil everything, but that's one of the coolest things about the game is that you literally can build like it, like, ah, oh, I don't know. I, I I'm ram I'm rambling. Feel free to like cut me off anytime. I just, I like <laughs> the decisions matter so much and it's so enthralling to make. Like, I just, I love this fucking game, Chris. My God. It's, the world they build, the universe they build, like every decision you feel like it matters to. Like it's no filler. It's no. Yeah. No inconsequential decision to make. No. Like everything you do adds up and it's awesome. I love it. And it's just um, like one of the things I struggle with in some games, Skyrim. Skyrim's a perfect example. Skyrim's a fun game and I like Skyrim. But like I, I get, this is just me. I get so bored of the story in Skyrim. I don't know about you. I don't think you're not even that big a Skyrim fan, are you? I don't mean to call you not out. Really? Right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I we literally did an episode of this podcast about Skyrim, and I was like, I can barely remember what the story was. I think it's fun to play, but I have I don't really even know what the fuck is happening. Whereas, like in this game, like the writing and the characters and the decisions and the universe and everything is all so incredibly well written that it's like you really like. I don't even know if, like, I don't think the game would be worth playing if you didn't take the time to talk to every character and, and get to flush out the storylines. And there's not a boring character in the, I mean, 
I guess Jacob is a little boring, but like there's not really like a boring character in your group. Like everyone in the game is fascinating. And it it's almost yeah. like it's like playing a movie almost. Uh Yeah, like it's the attention to detail they put into it too. Like I actually I would find myself just reading the codex to find out more about races and Yeah. The different like planets and stuff like that. Like it just the amount of detail they put into it is it's just phenomenal. Like every it's up there, like Star Trek and Star Wars, I think. Like, uh, yeah, agreed. And that's yeah, that's a great point because that's where I was gonna go. Is like I'm, histo- like I'm not a big sci-fi g- nerd. I'm like I, I've never seen anything Star Trek ever. I finally just watched the Star Wars movies over the last couple of years. Like to be honest with you, dude. Like if I had never played these games, looking at it at a glance, I would be like, that doesn't look like my type of game. Like I'm not that interested in. I'm a I'm a casual RPG player. I'm not really into outer space and like I love space and aliens and shit, but like I'm not into this type of storyline. But like I I I'm so I played this one when it first came out as I'm sure you did as well. Like you probably played yeah. it the day. Yeah. And I like I bought Mass Effect 1 a few months before Mass Effect 2 came out for like 10 bucks just to see. I was like, "Oh, everyone's talking about it. I want to see what this is all about." And I adored Mass Effect 1. And and then I couldn't wait to play Mass Effect 2 and then I played Mass Effect 2 when it came out and I was like, "That was uh, orgasmic. Like that was so good." And then Mass Effect 3 was very good. I didn't like it as much as 2, but then I hadn't played any of these again until it got nominated for this episode and I went back and played it. And I was like, it was like revisiting an old friend. And I was like, now, despite the fact that I have no time on my plate at all, I'm like jonesing to play through Mass Effect 3 again. Because it's just like, if this was a TV series, I would I would watch it religiously. Religiously. Um, and frankly, I'm a well, little... Really su- What's that? I'm surprised nothing's been done with this outside of the gaming world. Like, I know there's been a few books, I think. But like, this would make a great TV series. Yeah. This would make great movies. Like, Agreed. Like, of all the fucking, like, they're taking so many video games and making them into movies and TV series and shit now. And I'm like, where the fuck is Mass Effect? This would make such a fucking incredible TV series because there's all these different races and they're like, you travel around this galaxy and go anywhere you want and all the races make complete sense and they're all like not in harmony with each other, but they all have storylines with each other and blah, 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 blah. And just, uh, like we're going to get into more details, but I just really have to set the table for the rest of this podcast and just explain like, if you've not played this game and if you're someone that values narratives and story in your video games, like I think this game is a must play anyways, but like if you're into like deep stories and lore and character development and stuff like that, I I don't know how you don't play this game. I I yeah, I can't fathom not playing it. I'd be hard pressed to recommend anything that matches it even. Me too. Like not this is not my area of expertise, but like I, I agree with you. Like when I did my, my RPG rankings a few months ago on expansion pass mass effect Two made my top 10. And to be honest, having replayed it, like I just did, I probably would have ranked it even higher. Like it is, I might even go as far as, to, and I'm going to ask you your, what you think. I, I'm, I might go as far as to say, this is my favorite non super Nintendo RPG ever with the possible exception of final fantasy nine. Um, I don't know. Is this like, just call I'm, I'm kind of putting you on a spot but like favorite uh, rpg of all time series i think it's my favorite series of all time like i i wager it's the best thing that's come on the 2000s for rpgs for like just being a game for the game world the games themselves and yeah else. yeah yeah i agree with that it's just oh my god i playing it again for the it was it felt like playing it for the first time and it was just so special so uh i don't even okay so i feel like we've done enough 
blowing smoke up its ass to at least set the table and get into the basics of it. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried, Chris, that this is going to be one of those episodes that like when we're done, I'm going to catch shit because we didn't mention this or this or this. <laughs> but like for those of you that have, have played it, you know that like there's here's your one <laughs> like this. is There's not just meat on the bone like there's an entire fucking animal on the bone here like this is a big oh this is a pig on the spit like yes gonna take some time thank you that was far more elegant than anything i could think of this is totally the fucking pig on the spit it's that big um so i guess okay well let's talk let's talk about the characters because i know that when zach and i talked and i'm apologizing zach if i'm forgetting anything uh the dude that that uh uh presented this episode we we fucking did our talk like three weeks ago so i'm trying to remember what we talked about um, but you, you, you assemble a team of, uh, of characters on your roster and I don't think we're ruining anything, bringing up the teammates. I, I don't think we're, we're ruining anything, bringing them up. I, I'm just warning you, we are going to bring them up. Uh, I'll start with, with you, Chris. Have you got a favorite other than Commander Shepard? Uh, you know what? Actually, wait, let's start with Commander Shepard. What do you think of Shepard? You like him? He's okay. Like he's Captain America. You know, Kinda, like, yeah, he's a clean cut. I guess it depends on how you design him, but yeah, like he's not kind of just a clean cut do-gooder. I guess depending on how you play it, maybe too. But yeah, like I played it with him as the villain this time around, and man, you get some fucking great answers. As the, you get some badass answers as the villain. <laughs> uh, it's not like like have you ever played the Infamous games? Uh, I think I played seconds the second one. I can't okay. remember what it's called, Second Son or something like that. I I love the Infamous game. That was the third one. I know it's second son, uh, okay. but is that? Yeah, oh, was, okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, That's right. like I like those games a lot. You play as a dude who has superpowers, and you can play as a hero or a villain. But like, it doesn't really matter that much while you're playing. Like, it doesn't have that big of impact. Whereas this one, you play as the villain, and it's I I had so much fun playing it as the bad guy because Commander Shepard, your main character that you control, like he so like without trying to ruin Mass Effect One, obviously he did something good to create Mass. He like he saved. He saved the world. He saved the galaxy, the universe, whatever. Mass Effect 1. We won't go any further into it than that. Uh, but, like, he's universally respected. Like, humans are kind of looked down upon by some of the other species in the galaxy. Uh, and feel free if I've said something incorrect or missed something. But, like, that's Shepard's angle. Is that, like, just every everywhere. He, he's, like, the most respected human in the universe, I guess. Um, but yeah, every, like, every, he's pretty much the... He's humanity's hero. Yeah. And, like, everywhere he goes, everybody else looks up to him. He's, like... Because in the first game, you unite characters from a bunch of different species and planets and stuff like that and make them work. So, I, I don't really know what else there really is to add to him because his backstory is kind of dependent on what you do. Like, and how you build him. Which I also Pretty think much. is... Which I also think is very cool. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I've never played it as the female Shepherd, but, like... I assume it's the same. Like they really do a good job of making you feel like you are Shepard. Like they make him of, so much make you feel like it's uh, to make you feel like you're you're in his head. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, go, what were you gonna say? A lot of people swear by female Shepard. Apparently, that's almost the better gameplay. I I'd believe to that. Make a female character. Like I I usually do. Like I'm playing Far Cry Six right now, and I went with the female protagonist, and it's so much better. Like I don't know what it is. I. I, you're right maybe yeah so i don't i've been meaning to go back and play it again i just i went with the guy like the first time through i played it as male shepherd so i, I kept my file and kept playing as, as male shepherd but um i love that no matter whether you play as male or female you can customize them and then you can really tailor them to your personality 
So, like, there's not a lot else to say about Shepard. That's the only one you control. You never control your teammates other than giving them commands in battle and stuff like that. But you only play as Shepard, and Shepard kind of becomes who you want him to be. Um, and then you've got... Well, even, Go ahead. It's even cool that you can tailor him how do you want to play the game, too. Like, you want him to be a biotic, set him up as a biotic. You want him to be a soldier, set him up as a soldier. And yeah, yeah. Everything it, in between, too, so... Yeah, well said. It does the same thing that, like... Uh, you know, a lot of RPGs do where you can kind of build them to your specifications and how you want them to work. And, you know, do you want them to specialize in this or this or this? And yeah, agreed. It's really, I like it. It's very neat. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, so then as far as your, your squad mates go, cause like they have more depth to them than Shepard. Cause we've already talked about Shepard. Uh, do you have a favorite? I'm just curious. Is there someone that you is your favorite uh, oh, crewmate? I really liked how they did Morden Solis, the Solarian scientist. Yeah, yeah. Go he ahead. He was a lot of fun. Um, I liked Samara a lot. The Asari, I think she was a Justicar. Yeah. And actually, I really like Legion too. Yes. So that's okay. We'll start there because we brought him Those up. Those would be my, I guess, top three. Yeah. So, okay. I just want to quickly kind of, we won't ruin the whole story of all of them, but I want to just touch on the characters. Uh, Legion is my favorite as well. I guess, you know what? And I, I know I mentioned this when I was talking to Zach, but like if I had a complaint, a complaint about this game, it's that you don't get a lot of time to play with Legion. Like you get him right at the end of the game. That's right. And like, if you don't know everybody, uh, Legion is, uh, is Geth. And, and I might, I might fuck this up, but like, the Geth are basically like machines that are like a, a, a menace to society on a fucking universal scale. Like everybody hates the Geth. Like they're they're a problem to everybody. Uh, and you fight them for like a lot of the two games. You fight the Geth. And then near the end of the game, you manage to get one to join your team. And when you start talking to him, you guys call him Legion. But like, you know what I love, Chris, about talking to Legion is that you try to find out more about him or her or it or whatever. And like, it's saying that like, well, I'm, I'm the Geth. Like we're all the same. Like you talk to one of us, you talk to all of us type thing. Um, and the overall threat of this game, which is the Reapers is so overwhelming that even the Geth who have previously been the villain of everything in the universe are like, we'll, we'll, we'd like to help you because we also need to get rid of the Reapers. Um, and I just love it anytime the villain can join your squad. Like when you can get a bad guy or someone that everybody hates and bring them onto your team. I always, it's no different than being a pro wrestling fan and just loving when enemies team up. Like I love that. You, I, I remember the first time I played, I'm going to shut up and let you talk. I promise. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling. I just, I'm so excited <laughs> about this. Like I remember the first time I played this game. And when I found out after spending two games, knowing that the, the geth are the enemy to find out that what I can get the geth as a teammate. And it's like loyal to you, but you kind of don't trust them. Is like I thought that was the coolest fucking thing in the world. I awesome. I I'll shut up if, if you have anything to add to Legion. By all means, he's the coolest. He's awesome. Well, it was a testament to Bioshock. Or I guess yeah, Bioware how they like their writing and their universe they've built. Because like when you actually get them and delve into their Geth backstory and how they even came to be, like it's almost like a mind blown. Like they're not just mindless robots or yeah. There's like anything actual, like they're uh, yeah they're like there's something there's more than they're, they're not just exactly they're not just brain dead robots like a lot of them that you fight throughout the game like and then you find out like oh no there's actually like some some meat on the bone here like they actually matter 
Um, like they have a hive mind. They have a society somewhat. Like there's a. Yeah, absolutely. Like my only, only qualm with Legion is the fact that like you literally get him in the last like fucking hour of the game. Yeah. Um, which sucks. Like I wish that you could get him a little bit earlier, but it's still cool. Like once he's on your team, you're like, oh wow, this guy's a fucking a badass. This is a fucking rad. Um, and then sorry, who else did you mention? You mentioned Morden, right? Yeah, I mentioned Morden, and then and then Samara was my other of my top three. Right. So okay, so Morden is like uh, the Donatello of the group. Like he's this like, and I don't know their species as well as you. I'm impressed that you like knew their like that he's a Solarian. I didn't know that until I looked it up. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. Uh, he's fucking creepy looking, but he's like a genius, like scientist that like joins your team. And I actually, uh, and I'll let you explain why you love him. Cause I like him. He, I wouldn't put him near my, my favorites, but I think he's cool. I like the way he talks, like the way he talks in this weird babbling. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I always enjoy interacting with, cause he seems like a really nice guy. Who's also like, the smartest guy in the world type thing. Like I, I love him, but by all means, why do you, why are you a, a Morden fan? Is it just cause he's a nerd? Uh, I think he'd make a good RTG hot dog. Yeah, he would. Of all the characters in this game, Morden would make the best, the best member of our community. I agree with no, that. He's, just, he's got so much about him. Like they wrote him well. Like he, he sings songs from earth. He, uh, like he's he's brilliant, but he's kind of a goofball at the same time. He like he's responsible for the Krogan's problems, but he's not happy about it. Like he knows what he's kind of done. And yeah, and and again, not to spoil Mass Effect One, but we were talking about the Krogans and the potential like wiping out of the Krogans and everything. Uh, and then you find out in this game that like yeah, Morden played a huge role in that, and he's now on your team and coming with you. It's fucking. And, like, the, the what stands out about Borden to me is, like, I rarely used him in combat because I just looked at him as more of, like, the Professor Frank that I was going to leave back at the ship. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He is kind of like an alien Professor Frank. Um, but I, I just... And, again, it's a testament to the writing and the voice acting in this game, but, like, he's maybe amongst the most charming characters to just talk to on the yeah. ship. Like, he's just so friendly and nice. If You know what I like it's I know it sounds stupid to say that about a video game character, but, like... I found myself very attached to Morden. Like, he just seemed like such a great guy, you know? Um, I feel like I could play Among Us with him and he wouldn't shiv me. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Or he would, but he's so smart that he would, you'd never figure it out. Like, he'd, he'd <laughs> fool all of you. Um, and then you also mentioned uh, Samara. Yeah. Um, and she's a Sari, who is another species in the game. They're, like, blue. They look like Nightcrawler from the X-Men. Um, kind of. But like, that works. she's a fucking. You know what I like about her is that she's just a fucking. I I don't. Her character doesn't totally melt my butter. But like, she's just such a beast and such an unassuming beast because she's like super polite and like she swears allegiance to Shepard. But then if you want to turn her loose, like she's just a a monster of power. Um, I don't yeah. Know. I don't have much else to add to that, but. I think she was just my favorite biotic, and I, I liked her side story too, where she's hunting down her daughter. Yes, and that ends up in a huge showdown. And yes, um, I love that idea that she's like, because every every teammate you pick up asks you to help them with something, and if you go help them with their mission, then they become loyal to you, and they get you know more powerful, and they unlock stuff. And like you could skip all those, but like to me, like the characters are just so deep. And so much fun that like it's worth exploring all the characters' backstories. 
Um, I, don't, I, I don't think there's a bad one either, is there? Like, was there any you didn't like? Uh, no, I don't think so. I do agree with you that I think that uh, she has one of the best ones. That, like, she you realize that she has to go hunt down this, like, super dangerous person, and then it turns out the super dangerous person is her daughter. Uh, that's I think that's just badass as fuck. So no, I don't. Well, I, even, I don't think there's. And there's even way. a twist at the end of that too. Well, I won't like I won't spoil it, but you can go in a completely different direction with that whole thing too if you choose different. Yeah, you can, uh, which makes it that's fucking sick. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah. All right. So that's okay. That's your top three. I think tied for number one with me, uh, other than Legion, is probably Jack. Um, that's cool. I I adore Jack, and if you guys don't know, Jack is a human. Who's just like, she's like a super badass, like punk chick with like a shaved head and she's covered in tattoos. And like, she's just so like, like, ant would you classify her as like an anti-hero kind of? I'd say so. Yeah, like, like, but she's got like a no, like it turns out she was like experimented on as a kid. And now she's got all these like insanely powerful biotic powers, but she's just out for revenge and she hates everybody, including uh, Cerberus, which is the organization that you work with that you have to recruit her with um and she's she's actually uh the first time i played through the game she actually became my uh romantic interest because you can romance one character in the game if you want to and i just i just had i didn't even do it intentionally i just like i was just so uh uh attracted to this character like her like not physically but like her character is just so i just love the idea that she's just this total badass that was like a, a freak experiment and now she just hates everyone and she's she's kind of the Raphael of your team in a way um but i just think she's so fucking cool and when you use her like in combat frankly i think her gun uh equips kind of suck but she's just insane as a biotic like she does so much damage um and i really like her side story is one of my favorite ones uh, sorry, everybody. We just had some technical difficulties there. I was just saying, yeah, like, I think Jack is just, she's so powerful. And she's so, like, when she joins your team, she's like, fuck off. Like, I'm here, but I don't want to fucking be here. And then gradually her walls, like, break down. And then she kind of becomes part of the team. And, like, you know that if she wanted to, she could just wreck all of you, but she doesn't. Um, and then, sorry, when your phone cut out, you were saying about her, the story that she has of, like, how you get her on your team. Yeah, like she's locked away pretty much because she is so dangerous. You have to pretty much break her out of space prison just to... Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, because like the, the elusive man who we'll fucking talk about later. I hate that fucking guy. But he like gives you all these like this paperwork on all these different characters you should go out and recruit for your team um, uh, that they've been researching that they think would be valuable additions to the team to help stop the Reapers from destroying everything. And yeah, you have to go to like this maximum security like space prison to fucking get Jack and like break her out. And it's just, she's so cool, man. I fucking love Jack. I think she's, ah, I, I'm smiling right now. I just think Jack's the fucking coolest shit in the world. I love Jack. Um, now who would win in a fight, Jack or Samara? Mm, I'm going to say Jack, just because I think she would fight dirty if she had to. <laughs> Whereas Samara's got honor, but I think Samara's more of a beast. Who, what do you think? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're both I awesome. <laughs> I love, I love <laughs> they them. They kill both. us in a heartbeat. I think both of them. So yeah, I love them both. Um, and then I guess if we're going top three after Legion and Jack, my third favorite is probably Garrus. He's the fucking, he's, he's your guy. He's, he's Garrus. 
if you don't know, Garrus is a character that was in the first game, and he comes back in the second game. And I got to be honest with you, dude. You know what one of the greatest moments of playing Mass Effect 2 for me was? I forgot that he was in this game because I hadn't played it in so long. And when you find him and you realize that, like, you're that's who you're recruiting is Garrus. I like the smile on my face. I was like, dude, like I felt like I wanted to hug him because I was like, it's you. Like we're buddies. We 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 saved the world together. Like I just he's like the perfect number two. Like I always looked at him as the second in command of the team. He's pretty much like the buddy cop if it was a buddy cop movie. Yeah, yeah, he is, and he's just like insanely loyal to Shepard and. Uh, like the thing about Garrus is like, I look at him and I'm like, he's not insanely overpowered or anything. He's just, it's his loyalty that makes him cool. Like he's, I don't know. I just think Garrus is fucking awesome. Yeah. He's a cool soldier. And like, even the way they introduce him, like you, if you, when you're playing for the first time, you have no idea he's who's coming. No. Like, the story they build up about what he's doing is, it's, so... it's like, he just shows up and he's like, hello. Like the, f- I'll be honest with you, man. I would say the first hour or so that I was playing mass effect Two, replaying for this podcast. I was like, I mean, this is fun. I don't know if this is quite as good as I remember, but then you come across Garrus and it just opened the floodgates. Like I wanted to hug the guy and I was like, fucking right. Now I remember Mass Effect. Like, let's fucking go. It's just another reason why I beg you, if you've not played these games, play the first one before you play the second one. It'll just literally adds like 10 times more context to everything that's happening in Mass Effect 2. Um... I mean, we'll quickly rip through the rest of the roster of characters in case there's anything notable. I just wanted to ask, is there anyone you don't like? Ah, uh, like J- like you said before, Jacob's probably the most boring. Yeah. And it's is. not even that he's a bad or bad written character. He's just, he's the least interesting. Yeah. Just, yeah, I agree Just not the run the mill story, but. So we'll rip through. I don't the- think that- Go ahead. I don't think any of the other ones are bad, though, that I could think of. Like, they were all pretty exciting and. No. All kind of unique backgrounds and. I, yeah, I think they all have great backgrounds. And even Jacob, like Jacob's side mission where you have to go find his dad. Um, I thought that was an interesting enough mission. But like literally once you're done that mission with him, there's really no other reason to play as him. Like he doesn't, like he's just kind of there. Like he, like he, there's no, he's very vanilla. You know, like it's cool guy. He's loyal to the team and all that. But there's just no other reason to use him. Because everybody else you equip is so much more powerful than him. In my opinion. Um, yeah. So then to quickly thrip through the rest of the, the members of your team here, and I'm just going with like anything that's not like a massive spoiler. Uh Fane is cool. He's like a like a, a fucking badass like assassin. Um what I like about him is how like uh, he's like super like like wise and I don't know if the term is like I don't know if religious is I, I don't know if he's religious. I don't I don't know if that's exactly what it is. But like Fane is just like so chill and like He's this total world-class, universe-class assassin that could fuck everybody up. But he's just like, yeah, I'll help you, sure. Like, why not? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, in a way, I guess he's almost like the Hulk because he's like super chill. And then all of a sudden, he could flip a switch and just kill everybody if he wanted to. Um, Yeah, like, he's just, he's kind of, he's pretty stoic. Like, he's got a kind of a spiritual side to him. Kind of, that's his code of honor that he follows to. And and like, and that... dying and he knows it so yes and i was gonna say to me like what makes him so cool is that a he's dying and he knows and b that he's got this like deep spiritual side to him but he's also like an assassin like how do you become an assassin but you're also a very spirit like he the writing in this game chris is just so fucking good man Ugh. 
Uh, Thane is cool. Tally is neat just because, like, I actually don't think she's, like, that great of character. I just think she's rad because I remember her from the first game, and it's cool to have her back. I don't know. I don't. You think I, they brought the best characters back from the first game? Because I think it's Garrus and Tally, right? Yeah. Are the ones that joined the team. Yeah. And, yeah, I think so. I got to be honest, I'm a huge Rex fan from Mass Effect 1, but... I understand. I mean, I get it. You get it. You get a different, you get a replacement Rex in this one. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I think so. Is there anyone else on the first one you would have wanted back on your team? I don't think, like you say, Rex is pretty much covered with Grunt. And then after that, not really. Yeah. And so, and Grunt, which uh, Chris just mentioned, Grunt is a Krogan. And we mentioned the Krogans, these giant beasts. Like, I don't know, is Armadillo a way to describe? I don't even know what animal to use to describe these fucking guys. Like, they're just. Yeah, they're kind of. Armadillos with lizard eyes, I guess. I, I don't guess. know. They're just these huge, intimidating beast fucking species. They're awesome. And in the first one, you get this one on your team who's just like a total badass in Rex. And in this one, you go and get Grunt, who's like a genetically created uh, Krogan, who's like the perfect Krogan in every way. But he's kind of like an infant in the sense of like, like, he doesn't act like an infant. He's very intelligent. But like he was created in like a lab. And I love that, like, you go break him out and you rescue him. And then you have to decide, like, do we want to let him out? And it's like, if we let him out we and he's and he's crazy, like, we're not going to be able to stop him. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, when you're going there, you're not even actually looking for Grunt. You're looking for his creator. And Yeah. And then you find Grunt. And then the team decides, like, well, we've got this genetically um, perfected fucking Krogan, who's the most badass species in the galaxy. Let's bring him with us to see if we can get him to join our team. And like he's clearly like the muscle of the team. I just I I I like Rex a little better, but I think Grunt is fucking awesome. I just love those big badass guys on the team. And I just love his side story because it's pretty much him hitting puberty. Yes, yes, exactly. And like we won't get too into <laughs> details. But yeah, basically he's like again, he's like an infant, kind of. And you kind of just have to like help him chill out. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. So they bring him to Rex to see what's going on. He explains it. And it's, it was just so funny written out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's fucking, I love Grunt. Uh, and then there's Miranda, uh, who's one of the two characters you have on your team right away. And she's, a, in a way, she's like Grunt because she's human, but she's also been kind of like created in a lab, I guess. In a, like she's perfect in every way and like super powerful and awesome. And um, my favorite thing about Miranda uh, is a she's like you're tied to Cerberus because she's like a, a Cerberus employee or whatever. But two, her and Jack hate each other. Like Jack's always calling Miranda the cheerleader, and Miranda's like, "Go fuck yourself." And I I love <laughs> the way those two hate each other, like the conflict between the two of them. Um, I don't find myself using Miranda much. I just think she's like a cool, like to me, either her or Garrus are like the second in command of your team. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know much else to add to her. Is there anything I'm missing on Miranda? She's cool, I guess. Yeah, she's saying she's the, I would say she's the sex symbol of the team. Yes, she is. I'm like, listen, I, I know we're not trying to be pervs or anything, but she's a, she's a very attractive young lady, uh, genetically modified to be so. Um, but she's awesome. I don't know. I like, and again, then that's the point is like, like, I don't want to waste this. Like we still have a whole other game to talk about, but like, there's not a bad character in the bunch. And it's so rad that you can just like mix and match this team. And then if you got it, sorry, if you got anything else, this, like, I think we've covered everybody. There's a DLC character pretty, that yeah. I never used. And then there's one other character that we're not really going to get into. 
Um, yeah, I didn't really. I never got into the DLC characters. They always just seemed like they were shoehorned in, and and the yeah, and like the thing is, is like I had some people telling me I should play the DLC for this game, but like I rarely play DLC to begin with, and like, dude, so like when I it's so fucking wild Xbox and their backwards compatibility. When I fired this game up to play it, my original save from when Mass Effect Two was still existed, and so I didn't play it. I played a new save. But it showed my total in in game time, and I'm at almost 200 hours of my life spent playing uh -oh. Mass Effect 2. And I'm like, I don't need. I'm not shitting on the DLC, but I'm like, I don't need DLC. I'm like, I there's enough here. Do you know? Like, I'm full. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I don't care about that. I'm trying to think. Like, so are there any other characters? Like, I mean, Joker is neat. He, dri he drives your ship. I don't know. He's kind of cool. Like, to me, the cool thing about Joker is that he's voiced, voiced by Seth Green. Yeah. Um, which, like, I recognize that voice right away. Robot Chicken. Fucking love that show. Um, <laughs> and then there's the Elusive Man. Uh, who's uh, Who the fuck voices Elusive Man, Chris? Uh, I think it's Marty Sheen, isn't Marty it? Marty Sheen, yes. And he's, like, this fucking, like, you never actually get to meet him in the game. He's just, like, a hologram that Shepard talks to but basically, like, he goes in, again, without spoiling the whole thing of the game, he goes and gets Shepard in a way. If you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. But he goes and gets Shepard and gives him a, a replica of his ship from the first game and gives him Jacob and Miranda to start and tells him where a bunch of these powerful people are. And is like, the Reapers, the bad guys of the game, are coming to, like, destroy every species on the on in the universe. I keep wanting to stay on the planet, but you clearly travel, like, outer space. Uh, and he's like, we have resources. We don't trust... Um, oh, what the fuck is the name of the, um, the, like, the, the fucking group that Shepard is part of in the first one? It's like the Citadel, the, the Council, C the Spectres? Yes, yes. And basically, like, Cerberus is like, well, we don't need them. Like, we could do it. They're, they're taking too long. We have money and resources. We're going to take command of this and do it ourselves. Um, and then, like, is that, like, I think that basically sums it up, right? Like, I'm not forgetting any big plot holes there, am I? No, that's pretty much it. He's he's pretty much Earth first, humans first, and yeah, and and like throughout the whole game, you don't really trust him, but he's also financing this whole operation, so you kind of have to trust him. But that's one of the the hooks you run into is as you're trying to recruit people, you you're with Cerberus, which is the elusive man's group, and a lot of people in the galaxy don't trust Cerberus, so you're trying to convince them like, but that's why he's got Shepard, is he's like people may not trust Cerberus, but they trust Shepard. After the first game type thing, which God, the fucking writing is so fucking good in this goddamn game, Chris. My God, but I do you yeah, like? Do you like the even when he goes back and eats? Oh, I love Elusive Man. Okay. I think he's the best. I don't even know. If, do you, I guess he's is he a villain? Is he a good guy? Is he in between? Somewhere? That's kind of. I think that's kind of like up to your decision. I fucking I don't. Trust, yeah. I don't trust that son of a bitch. He's always smoking. I don't trust fucking smokers. Uh, what were you gonna say? Sorry. <laughs> Like, even when Shepard goes back to the Citadel and talks to other humans, like, they're just, they're so uneasy about him working with Cerberus, but they know who he is and yeah, have faith that he's going to pull through. And, and like, that's such genius writing to take this dude, like, this one human that is just, like, literally universally respected and put him with this group everybody hates, but that has enough money and, and resources to do what needs to be done to save everybody. Um, it's fucking, I love it. Um, so I think that, like, that covers like the story part of it. You I'm trying to think of like what else there is to talk about from story. You can, you can romance a, a, one of your teammates if you want. Cause that's the thing is like, as you play, you build up your relationship with your teammates and you go talk to them and, 
and stuff like that. And you can choose the good answers, the bad answers, ask some more questions, stuff like that. And you know what I love? One of my favorite things about this game, Chris, is just exploring your ship, the Normandy, between missions. Oh, um, yeah. Like, which normally I would hate. But it's like, it's just so much fun to run around this giant ship. And like, every one of your teammates is in a different place. And their places always make sense. Like, Morden is always in the lab. Jacob's in the armory. Miranda's in her office. Jack hates everyone, so she's hiding downstairs in, like, the fucking boiler room or fucking whatever. Um, and you can go and talk to them and, like, develop their your relationship with them and stories with them and stuff. And, like, I just... I, I don't know about you, but, like, I love just running around that ship. I don't know why. I probably spent five hours of my life just running around that ship. And even just talking to the crew members on there, too. Like, you can go talk, talk to the doctor who's back from the first. She's on the crew there, like, and there's dialogue she goes through from the first game and into the second. And Yeah. And, like, there's the assistant on the main deck. I think her name's Kelly, and you can talk to her throughout the game. And I fuck, For the record, I fucking hate her. I fucking <laughs> hate Kelly. You have new messages at your fucking your thing, Commander. And I'm like, listen, Kelly, stay the fuck out of my <laughs> inbox. I'll read the messages when I'm goddamn ready. Piss off. Um, but you're right yeah and you can like talk to the cook and you can talk to a joker you can talk to Edie, like the ship's ai who's like its own character as well which is awesome um i yeah. just thought they went out of their way to make all those like oh i dude i can't fathom how much work it would be to make a game like this like all the voice acting all the and like the thing is is like there's no shitty voice acting there's no shitty writing it's all just so it's like playing a giant fucking season of television and it's just so so well done because you can hop in for two hours and not fight anybody if you want to just run around and build up you know work on the lore and talk to characters and stuff or you can go to the 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 map thing and blast off to like planets and go do missions and go shooting stuff and which we haven't even talked about yet we're 44 fucking minutes and we haven't talked about the combat yet <laughs> like that's like i'm just trying to think so I still want to talk about gathering resources, which actually is maybe my only other kind of criticism of the game. And then I want to talk about the combat. But as far as the narrative and talking to characters and the decisions you can make and running around the ship, have I missed? Like, is there anything that uh, we've missed that you think we should bring up? Like, I, I don't I, I'm Oh, probably tons, but honestly, just play the game and experience it. Yes. And like, this is not like, listen, I know for a fact we have members of our community that are like, ah, I don't like games that are 40, 50, 60, 70 hours. Then I'm like, I'm being honest. Don't, 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 don't bother with Mass Effect. Because like, you probably could rip through this game in 20 hours if you wanted to, but it's, you're, you're screwing yourself over. Like if ever, like, listen, like, dude, Chris, you and I have had conversations about open world games and about how like there's fatigue on, and I'm not saying Mass Effect is open world or anything, but like, how like these big long games that don't respect your time that are 60 or 70 hours and you get bored like mass effect will respect your time but it demands respect back like you've got to put time into this game to really experience it you really do don't don't rush through it you know yeah like it never feels like a grind playing it but it does take time like uh, it's it's like a sipping scotch right like you gotta just savor yes. it and... it's a it's a commitment this game is a fucking commitment um so, okay, I, I want to end on the combat because I like the combat. So I just want to quickly get the gathering of resources out of the way. Uh, you have to gather resources in this game that you can put into your ship and stuff like that and to new equipment and new upgrades and things like that. But, like, to gather resources, a big chunk of it is uh, you, you, you basically fly around this, like, model version of your ship from planet to planet and galaxy to galaxy or whatever. 
Um, and every time you go over a new planet, you can explore it. And what you do is like, you literally use your analog sticks to slowly rotate the planet and move a little, um, like crosshairs around it and it'll vibrate as you find resources. And then you shoot a probe into the planet to gather resources. And that's all you do over and over and over again to planets. And it's optional. You don't have to do all that stuff. Um, it's kind of critical to the end of the game, which we'll talk about a little bit when we get to the end of the game. But like, I guess, Chris, I guess if I had to criticize one part of the game, that resource gathering can get pretty tedious sometimes. It just gets annoying when you're just looking for... It's usually the dark matter I think I could never find. And when you're just trying to find that, it's all you need anymore. And... Yeah. You're just looking for one particular thing and you keep finding other resources that are more common that you don't need. And it's just... Like, it's like, like to be honest with you, it, like, once you've unlocked a bunch of places and you have some money to pay for fuel and probes to go out and look for resources, if you want my opinion... I... <laughs> I don't know about yourself, Chris, but I would say about two thirds of the way through the game, like once you've got a lot of the places unlocked and stuff like that, put on a podcast for a couple hours, maybe smoke a joint and just knock it out and just go Pretty looking large. for it. Right. Like it's, there's nothing. The only good thing about it is occasionally you'll find a side quest on a planet. Like you'll find like a distress call or something. And then you can actually go do some shooting. But when you're not doing that, it can get, it gets pretty boring. I just optional, not the end of the world. If you have anything to say to save it or make it sound worse, by all means. Otherwise, I, I have nothing. It's boring. I have nothing else to say about it. Nah, that's pretty much it. It's just yeah. like you say, bang it out, put something on for two hours, and yeah, and then it's done. And like, and that's the thing is like, it's not, it's not, it, it's a part of the game, but it's not like it's gonna take you fuck. You don't have to spend days and days doing it. Fortunately, um, and then there's the combat. And so you get to pick all these different missions. You get missions, you find missions, and then you go to different places and you can only ever bring two allies with you, two of your teammates. So you pick whatever two you want. Some specialize in biotics, some are stronger, you know, like some have different, like they can do this or they can do this. Um, and then when you go into the actual combat, you control Shepard at all times and your two teammates will follow you around, but you can give them commands, tell them to go here. You can trigger their biotic abilities with the left and right triggers and stuff like that. And I got to say, Chris, you nailed it perfectly when we started talking about this. I don't think the combat in this game could carry a game on its own, but like it's surprisingly fun. Like considering how much time they probably put into the voice acting and the cutscenes and stuff like that, like... They didn't sleep on the combat. I had a blast, like, going into missions and, and fighting and stuff like that. Well, it's, it was crazy that it was, it was leaps and bounds better than the first game, too. Like, Yes, it was. Agreed. Um, and it's just really, like, you like when you control Shepard, like, you basically spend all the time either shooting guns or using your biotic abilities. And, like, some of your abilities are, like, you, like one of my favorite ones that I kept using is, I can't remember what it was called, but you'd, like, shoot enemies and basically, like, they would, like, almost self-implode. Like, their nerves would all, like, explode inside of them and, like, hurt them. And they'd be stuck there. And then you could take a few shots at them with your gun while they were, like, getting hurt. You have abilities where you can, like, throw people around and shit like that. And it, um, it, it, like, it doesn't, it would have been easy to, to base the whole game on the narrative stuff and then just kind of mail in the combat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they, I don't think they did. Like, I think the combat is really, really fun. And I think this game walks a great line between balancing action levels and going into things and doing missions and exploring and stuff. And then doing the more quiet, tamer, narrative driven stuff. Like every time I started to get bored of one, I shifted into the other. 
you, like it was always yeah, back like, and forth. You're never in two hours of combat or anything like that. Like it's set piece battle, dialogue, explore, repeat, kind of. Yeah. Like it's 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 got the formula right. It doesn't weigh too much on one or get stale ever. It's it flows pretty naturally, pretty good. No, it doesn't. And you know another thing I fucking love about this game is that it's minimal time spent on your loadouts. Like I hate RPGs where I have to go to every village I find and fucking go buy all the new armor and then equip all the new armor and then sell the old armor and then equip the new weapons and sell the old weapons. And you do a little bit of that in this game, but like it's very quick, it's very streamlined, it's very painless. Uh I I like they 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 spend a majority of the time focusing on the combat and stuff like that. And if you've never played it, the controls in the combat might seem a little weird at first. They did to me. It'll take you 20 minutes and then you'll have it. It's not like Resident Evil or anything like that. You'll get them quick. And then it's a blast to go through these missions. Plus, dude, uh, the way that your teammates and you talk to each other during the missions is pretty rad too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you'll have them chirping each other or helping each other, supporting each other. Uh, I guess one other minor criticism, I, I, minor criticism is that your AI partners sometimes can be pretty dumb. Yeah, I, once 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 a developer ever figures that part of gaming out, I think they'll be very rich. But. Yeah, I just worry that like if they ever figure out how to make AI really smart, then we'll get an iRobot situation. I'm terrified, dude. No jokes. I'm terrified of AI. Like I think eventually, <laughs> like I really do think that'll be the downfall of humanity someday. Is we're gonna create AI smarter than us and we're not gonna be able to stop it. But Mass Effect Six, the game will just play itself, and you're just yeah, there. exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but like. I just found that, like, you easily can pick your teammates up with Medigel, which you just pick up. All you do is use it on, like, your pinwheel that's on one of your triggers, and you just use it as, like, an item, and it brings your teammates back to life. But, like, maybe I just wasn't doing a good job of telling my teammates where to go, but, like, I found that my teammates were getting themselves fucking killed a lot. And I was just... That's like, it's been in all three of the games, though. Like, they, they're dead within minutes, usually. Yeah. At least once. And it's... I shouldn't like I don't know I'll ask you like did you find it frustrating ever like did it ever take away from the game for you or anything not really like it never resulted in a lot of game overs for me because I'd either heal them or just take care of it myself and yeah and they do such a great job of giving like you have a lot of medigel like I never found I don't know if I ever once ran out of medigel in this game where I couldn't bring them back to life or anything yeah um so yeah so that was easy but like the, the levels themselves are really fun. Think of Skyrim or one of those games where you go into these like, it's like they're basically dungeons, except they're usually like ships or planets. And you can find treasure and find resources and usually do side quests and find codex entries to add to the lore of the game and stuff like that. It, um, yeah, like I just, I, I legitimately don't know if I had to choose, I don't know which end I found more fun. The, the, the battling and exploration or the running around in the Normandy building up narratives. Like, I think, I don't think there's one side that was any less, uh, shown any less love than the other side of this game. And I think no, that, that never felt like a slog or, and it never drug on or, and it never felt forced or never bro. Ne may, may, the only time, I ever was kind of like, oh, for fuck's sakes, come on, uh, was the the Geth ship. I think it's where you get Legion. It's right near the end of the game. And even that wasn't that bad. But, like, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm thinking of Halo Master Chief Collection just because that's always going to be the one I go to. I love, or, or pardon me, not Master Chief Collection, Combat Evolved, the first Halo. I love that game, but the library in that game fucking sucks. It sucks. 
Um, and most video games, you can think of like one area where you're like, I love this game, but I'm dreading this one part. I don't think this game has that. Like, can you think of, I, other than the resource collecting, maybe, I guess. That'd um, probably be the most grindy part of it. But other than that, no, I just, I never felt bogged down at all. No, like there's like, and you know what I really like about this game too, Chris, is that the, the, the fighting levels, they're never that long. Like they're 20, no. like 20, 30, 45 minutes. I don't know. I never timed myself, but like it never felt like it was hours of, of one dungeon. Um, like it was usually fairly quick, like bite-sized chunks, whichever, which kept it. Cause the thing is, is like the combat itself is not the deepest thing in the world. There's not a ton of variation. So they don't throw you into an area where you have to do it for three hours at a time. They're like, go in and get your fill, shoot some guns and use your psychic powers. And then we'll send you back to the ship to talk to people. Like it was, I just, I love it. I just think the, I think the pacing and the balancing in this game is so fucking well done. Just like everything else in this fucking game. Yeah. Like you remember the first game? I think that's where it kind of sunk a little bit. Like you drive that stupid car around, get yes. out, shoot things, get in, repeat for like hours. I to the point where it's just like, just get me back to the ship. Huh? Yeah. I like the first Mass Effect, but like you, what you just brought up, that's my, you know, when you haven't played a game in a while and you've got like a lasting impression of it in your head, that's my lasting impression of Mass Effect 1 is driving that ship around, that car around, whatever the fuck it was. And I, and I like that game, but like that's what I remember and that makes me less excited to do it again. Whereas Mass Effect 2, and I don't remember that much about Mass Effect 3, but like I don't feel like there's that much of that in Mass Effect 2 or 3. Um, I don't think so, no. No, which is great. Um, and I think we would not be doing this game justice if we didn't talk about the final mission. And yes. uh, again, everybody, I said we were going to spoil stuff. <laughs> we're not going to get into like how the game ends as far as the final boss goes or anything. I know Zach and I mentioned it a little bit when we were talking to each other. I can't remember if that made the podcast or not, but like I do. So we'll get into the mission itself. I just want to get the one little negative out of the way before we talk about the awesome mission. I'm just curious, what do you think of the final boss? Without saying what the final boss is exactly, I won't lie to you. After all that, as someone that usually dumps on boss fights, I don't think the final boss fight is hard per se. I just think it's a little bit, it's not what I wanted to fight, if that makes it's sense. It's just dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> I think that's like the most negative thing I've ever heard you say. Like I was waiting for the <laughs> Price is Right horn to go off when that's what it was revealed to be. Yeah, I agree. It's And you know, what's, you know what, what hurts it? Like the fight itself isn't bad. It's what you're, at least I'll ask if you, like, in my opinion, the fight isn't bad. It's what you're fighting that's bad. Yeah. Like the, the mechanics yeah. of the fight are okay. It's just what you're, like, the enemy, I think, is stupid, in my right. opinion. Uh, is that your beef with it too, or do you think, like, the fight itself is sucks too? Oh, the fight was fine. Like, I mean, if I know what they were trying to do, but I think they could have done it in a way that made a little more sense than what they were doing. Like it just, it felt so cheesy. Yeah, it did. And you know, what doesn't help it is that the, the mission, I guess the level, whatever the stage, whatever you want to call it leading up to that boss fight is, I don't think this is exaggerating at all. Maybe the greatest final stage, final mission, whatever in the history of video games. <laughs> like, is like, is that, I don't know. Is that maybe a little my, like I think it's my favorite final level ever in a video game. Ever. No man, like I think like I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like when you have to make the decisions you make in that, like I was it took me like 10, 20 minutes to be like, am I sending the right person to do yeah. this? Like, 
Oh, it's like I've gotten this far. I don't want to mess it up. Like, it's so good. Like, if you've not played it, everybody, we're not going to, we won't ruin everything for you. But the long and short of it is you go to fight the Reapers, the bad guys. And uh, just how getting to the final stage plays out is dependent on the resources you gathered during the game and some of the decisions you made and some of the upgrades to the ship you made and stuff like that. Then you actually get to the final stage. And after playing the entire game as three characters, as Shepard with two characters on your side, you literally take your entire team, every character you recruited into the final stage. And you still like it. Like I, Chris, I don't know that much about technology. I have to assume it was a technical limitation of the game to only let you actually play as three characters at once. I think so. So, like, they can't even do two teammates AI raids. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, if you had, a, if you had like all of the ten people running around with you, would just be like, whoop, 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 and they're just running into each other. <laughs> <and> stuff. But <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, when you go into it, you have your entire squad. You still only control a group of three yourself with two teammates that you want to bring with you. But the rest of your team is off doing other missions. They're they're opening, unlocking doors, or they're fending off reinforcements that are coming from the bad guys. And you have to make the choices of, of stuff like who's going to crawl through this heating duct to get to these power sources to unlock doors. Who's going to lead a squad of, of your other allies to go fight off the reinforcements, stuff like that. And your teammates will give you opinions on who they think should lead. But it's literally, it literally is counting on the knowledge that you know, that you've amassed about your teammates, your squad mates to choose like, who do I think would be the best to send into this vent to unlock these things? Who do I think would be the best person to lead a group of, of um, this team to go fight off reinforcements while we're not there to look after them? And like you said, Chris, it's dude, it's fucking agony. But in the funnest way ever, trying to pick who you're going to send off because they all look to you. Like a couple of them will be like, I'd love a chance to do that. I think I'd be great at that. But then they all look to you and you have to make those decisions. And you know that you are very well maybe picking, to, uh, sending these people off to die. And you've grown to love all these people because they're your team. And it's just, <laughs> if you've not, guys, I know you're probably laughing and you're like, it's a fucking bunch of made up people. But like, Chris, you've played it. You get it. Like, that's where the writing in this game just climaxes. And it's just like, it's, oh, I, I, I just, I'm, it's so intense, dude. I'm sorry. It's just it's so wild, man. Oh. Well, it's like you say, like, I mean, like, you love Morden. You could be sending him to his death with the wrong, and there are right and wrong decisions, so. Yeah. It's fucking what? And like, and if you make the wrong decision, you can still beat the game. Like, you won't get game overed. It's just that, like, Say you pick the wrong person to go into the vent to unlock these things. They'll still unlock the things for you, but they won't make it out. And then when you go to Mass Effect 3, that person is dead and they don't come along to Mass Effect 3. And it is... Uh, I will. I, the first time I played it, I, I lost... I don't remember who, but I lost two teammates. This time, without looking up anything, I did it. I got through without losing anybody. And I was so fucking proud. So I'll ask, Chris, have you gotten the... Have you? Has everyone survived the commander heber run everyone survived but my psa will be save your game often because there is a point of no return yes in the game where you'll lose any chance of getting everybody out yeah and and uh, without yeah without loading like an old save like save a lot in this game period 
Um, but especially during that final mission, save a lot. Um, like not to say just so you can reverse decisions and stuff like that, but like there is one point in the game where it's it's not really a drop dead, but something happens where it's pretty much it starts the end game off. I think. Yeah, and if you do want to, you know, I, 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 you know what, I wouldn't fault somebody if if they made the wrong decision and sent the wrong person off to do something and somebody died. I wouldn't fault them for reloading their file and being like, ah, oh, for fuck's sakes. Cause you really like, there's not a dud. Like there's no one, like you want everyone to make it through and they've spent this whole, like, I know I'm gushing and we're going to start wrapping this thing up. But like, that's the genius of this game is the writing is so good that not only do you grow attached to these characters, you really do feel like you're the leader of this squad. And when someone dies in one of these missions, like, I don't know about you, but like, I I feel it. I'm like, God damn it. I, I fucked up. Like, that's on me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it. Oh. 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 Could you imagine if they would have put a timer on how long you had to decide? No. No. Ugh. It's just, I God, you guys. It's, it's. I, 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 like, I'm not, it's no sarcasm. It might be my favorite final level ever. It's just fucking spectacular. Much like how my, my lasting memory of Mass Effect 1 was driving that car around. My lasting memory of Mass Effect 2 was that final mission. Like, I yeah. was playing the whole game getting ready for that final mission. I was so excited. Oh, fuck me. What a game. Um, I mean, I'm sure we've missed some stuff. It's too big a game to cover in an hour. But before we score this thing, is like, if, if, is there anything we, like, Chris, you got any, anything that you thought of that we didn't bring up that you're like, oh, you fucking idiot. You forgot this. I don't think so. Like, like you say, you can get into the nuance of the stories, like, and all the, the, like, multitude of side characters and stuff that are just, they were one liners in the first one that resurfaced. Um, yeah. But, like, it's, you could re, you'll be revisiting this one for years to come, I think, if you wanted to. So, agreed. Um, I would highly, I, I guess, I, maybe one question for you. Shoot. Did you punch the reporter? Yes, I did. Good man. Yes, you did as well. Yeah, I was yeah. tired of her insinuous allegations. Yeah, me too. Wow. Fuck that. Well, I was, playing, I was playing the Renegade storyline too. So literally every chance I had a chance to do anything badass, I was doing it. Oh. Um, but yeah, no. That was I, the only I that was the only time a goody two shoes character broke rank and went Renegade. Yeah, so. that was like when Flanders snapped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I just want to before we score this thing, I just want to clarify again. If you're one of those people, and I'm not. I don't, I, there's nothing wrong with this. I traditionally don't like really long games myself. If you don't like really long games, don't play this because not only is this game really long, but like, I, all like, could you play just Mass Effect 2? Like, you could, but like, I really feel like this is a, you need to experience the trilogy. If you're going to play one, you're going to play all three. I really think that. Well, when you started with two, like, did it make you pick things from the first one or did it just tell you how it went? And... So it didn't, but I think it, because my save was on there, I think it took my save from Mass Effect 1. Oh, okay. So I didn't pick anything. If you don't have a Mass Effect 1 save, I don't know if it makes you pick stuff to play Mass Effect 2 or if it just sets the table. And it does a fairly decent job of explaining what happened in Mass Effect 1, but not enough. Like, I... You're real, like, if you're gonna, I'm like, Chris nailed it. These games are, are a glass of scotch. Like, you really, if you decide to commit to playing the Mass Effect games, play all three, take your time with them, or honestly, just play something else because you're just, you're doing yourself and the game a disservice. This isn't, 
a game that you should rip through in 15 or like I'm playing Far Cry 6 right now. And sure, there's tons to explore, but like if you wanted to just rip through the game, you could. I I wouldn't recommend that with Mass Effect. Either play it like the way it's meant to be played and play the whole thing and the whole trilogy or just play something else. You know what? Like, right? Am I wrong? Well, and what I will say is like with the Legendary Edition, they actually, they went back to the first one and put some quality of life improvements in and you can actually blaze through that game a lot easier than it used to be. Oh, okay. So like, I would still start with the first one if you're new to the whole series and just like you kind of said, just treat it like a TV show almost like play a couple hours, like an episode and yeah. And it's not and like come back to it in a day or two. Like, yeah. And you, your whole life, but no, and you don't have to play all three back to back to back. Remember that like this trilogy came out with like year, like years of gaps between one, two and three. Like that's how we experienced them. So it's not like you need to sit down and play all three at once, but like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition makes it so easy. It goes on sale all the time on PSN. It's on Game Pass on Xbox. And like play the first one, go play a couple other games to cleanse your palate and then come back for the second one and then do the same thing and then come back and do the third one. But like it is so worth your time. If you're willing to invest the time, you'll get a good payoff out of it. I And I just think of the, I'm just like personally, I would rank them two, three, one from best to worst, but I still like all three. Is that, would you, what would you, and then we're not counting Andromeda that we don't talk about that game. Uh, <laughs> how would, did you play? I never played. I never turned Andromeda on. I never played it. I, just, I tried it. It's, it was an okay game. It just wasn't a good mass effect game. Okay. Um, how would you, how would you rank the three mass effect games? Best to worst. I'd go, I'd probably go two, three, one as well, but I'd also say I, I really didn't mind the ending of three. I know that's not the popular opinion, but yeah, I, I, I think too many people let the ending sour three totally, and I thought three was an awesome game right up to it. Yeah, like my that's my lasting impression of three is that I really liked the game, but I didn't love the ending. But I don't remember much about like I gotta replay it now because I don't remember much about it. Um, and I'm if you just heard that and you're like, well, what the fuck? You're telling us to sink 150 hours into these three games and the ending sucks. The ending doesn't suck. It was just it was like like I don't think the Seinfeld finale sucked. It was just the bar was so high, it was impossible to do something that would make everybody happy. Um, it's they're worth your time. I these games are just these games are fucking magnificent. They're fucking magnificent. Um, we need to score this thing. And when Zach and I were talking, we were trying to come up with a rate a rating scale. And Zach was like, "Well, there's 13 potential teammates, so let's rank it out of 13." And I thought that was a good score. So I'll ask you, Chris, on a scale of one to 13. What would you score the legendary Mass Effect 2? 12 and a half because Jacob's a half character, sort of. So. Oh, poor Jacob. You caught <laughs> no, up the perfect it's... season, you son of a... No, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. There's a... I don't know. I just... Uh, I don't have a perfect game. And the final boss, the planet mining, kind of slowed down a bit. But I, for all intents and purposes, it's pretty flawless. Yeah. So. Yeah, I. You want to know something? Like, I don't lose sleep over what I'm going to score video games, but I, I've been a little stressed out about this one because I've been like, I desperately want to give this game that that elusive perfect score that I so rarely give out, and I'm like, can I give this game the perfect score? Because I'm like, it's good enough, but do I put it in the same class as Super Mario World? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, like. I'm uh, like, I'm yeah, like I, yeah, 12, like I would be willing to go to like 12.75. Like it's right. It loses, it loses a little bit because it's not Super Mario World. And I do think that the resource gathering kind of sucks, but like 
I have nothing objectively. It's best bad. in class. I, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about this game. Like I, I, I adore this game. This, you know what? I would go as far as to say, Western RPGs. This is my Super Mario World of Western RPGs. Like that's how high is because this is a Western RPG, right? Would this be classified? Yeah. Because yeah. JRPGs are like those stats. Yeah. Like I. I adore this fucking video game. Like when I eventually do a, a ranking of my, my favorite games of all time, like this will be a contender for, I don't know if it's going to crack the top 10, but it's going to be very close. And I've played a lot of video games. If you like RPGs and narrative driven video games, this is legit. Like, like remember the game stamp of approval in gold, like must fucking play. It's, it's almost perfect. Such a magnificent video game. Yeah, like I, this is one of my favorite sci-fi worlds ever created. Absolutely. I think it is my favorite sci-fi world ever. It's it's so good. I um I pray that we I I pray we did this game justice because I feel like there's just so much to unpack here. Uh it's it's great. I love it. I love this fucking video game. Uh I can ask you one last question. No, that's it. No, go ahead. What's up? Did you like the Dragon Age series as much as this? The only Dragon Age game I've played is Inquisition. Uh, and I like, I like, I, I didn't like it as much as this, but I did like Inquisition quite a bit. Do you? That's the only one I've played, so I can't speak to the series. Like the only one I ever played was the first one and I didn't like it quite as much as Mass Effect, but it's pretty much like the medieval Mass Effect world. So yeah. 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 I got Inquisition for my PS4 shortly after I got my PS4 cause I didn't have anything else to play. And, uh, it, yeah, that's a great analogy. It kind of was like Mass Effect, but like medieval, like dragons and magic and stuff. I really like, like. I don't know if I'll ever do a review of Dragon Age Inquisition, but I really, really like that game. That game's worth your time, everybody. But I can't speak to the rest. I haven't played any other ones. Um, normally, the length of these games would scare me off. But I'm so glad that this one didn't because... Oh, what a fucking masterpiece this game is, man. Um, yeah, no. Good stuff. I don't know what else to say. So I think we're going to queue up some music and wrap this thing up. But Chris... Uh, thanks for doing this, dude. I, ho I hope we give this game justice. And Chris, oh. you're my Garrus, buddy. Man, I need a cigarette, and I don't even smoke now. Yeah, me too. Fuck yeah. Um, good shit, man. <laughs> Th thanks for doing this, buddy. That was fun. Man, I think that's the nicest thing you've ever called me, so that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, buddy. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for giving me a call and geeking out all over Mass Effect 2 with me. And Zach, thank you for sponsoring this week's episode. And again, if like Zach mentioned during uh, our conversation, if you're a fan of art, artists, talented ones, not me, check out Jack's... 
pardon me, check out Zach's friends, Jason May and Chris Gugliotti's YouTube channel, Jason May Draws. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, Jason's worked on Lego books. Chris has worked with DC, so they sound like they can fucking draw. Tell them Zach sent you. You can find that link in the description of this podcast if you are interested. Zach, thanks again. And if you're enjoying what we do, maybe consider supporting us on Patreon. The, the, the membership started just $2 for the entire month. It helps me out a ton. It keeps the lights on. You get two additional podcasts every week. Instant access to like 200 bonus podcasts. You get a shout out. You can join our Discord, a whole bunch of stuff. And 5% of our Patreon every month is going to be added into a pot to be donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital during my 24-hour charity stream this December. So patreon.com slash rememberthegame if you're interested over there. Um, I have a P.O. box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. I'm not asking to send me huge gifts. Just shoot me a postcard or a letter. Let me know where you're listening. I'll send you a postcard back. We'll be pen pals. That's how society works. And check me out on Twitch. I'm over there a couple, three nights a week when my comedy and everything else uh, permits. Uh, Twitch.tv. And then look for member the game. Not remember the game. Member the game. And I spend just as much time arguing with the, the audience as I do actually playing the game. So it's a lot of fun if you want to come by and say hi. And that'll do it. I'll be back tomorrow. For our with our Patreons, uh, for our Patreons with expansion pass number 97, which will be our most anticipated games of 2022. I'll be back on Friday with game patch number 76.0, where we look at the biggest news in gaming over the past week. And I'll be back next week with a whole nother smorgasbord of podcasts, including remember the game number 185, our revisiting episode of Pokemon Red and Blue, and reluctantly yellow. Fuck Pikachu, I hate that guy. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. You guys are the best. I'll talk to you again the next time you listen to one of these. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people support us at the Junior Executive Vice President level or higher over at Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. And I'd like to take a moment to butcher a bunch of their names and say thank you to everybody. And quickly for the record, we're at 250 people in these thank yous. Uh, so I'm probably at the end of February going to bump up the tier that gets a shout out at the end again. Uh, so you'll have time to fix it. I'll post about that on Patreon. But I didn't realize how fucking long this list was getting. Holy Christ. I've done like six podcasts this week. My voice is almost shot. But here we go. A huge thank you to... Dave, Makeshift, Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Michael Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keegs and His Stupid Arrow, Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Madero, Scott V, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Jordan Frazier, Burns, Lil Bye, Fufu89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Wyman Brooks, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from Bringback, Retro.com, Nathan Tromblay, A Town, Andre SJ, Flash, Tom Kite, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Adam J, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Very Cool Dude, Tim Riel, G9PSX, Tim L, David Schnatter, Silver Grunion, Raging Demon, Poops, Loomis, Dana Wucherall, That One Kid, Nick, Mad Chips, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Jesse Clark, Mfelf, Kayfabe5150, TK, Tonky Kong, Wolfgang, Darren, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Mega Man, 2OG, Good A, Dane, Chris Coplin, GC Freak, 898, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Too Loud for the Crowd, Trevor Seven Oaks, Ryan McCowan, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Carmichael Nicholas, Squints, 10 Sparkster, Omega 88, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Chowdy Lottie, Dan Wagner, Candido, K Cuz, S2 Vaughn 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Scarlet, Oprah's Iron Fist, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Carp from Kotor, Chance McCoy, Ham and Agar, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Joe Kirby, Captain Ed, Owen the Game, Fur Chuck, Game Nomad, Misi, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Stuber Garrick, Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Swanee Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Chalupa Cabra, Rocker Dude, Mikey NL83, Just a Fish, Bagalazino, 
Noob Q, Scientific Wonder Penis, Beth, Strife89, Thermopolis, Liam, Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, Eric Javidius, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Zach Shepard, Ballsack, T-Bagger, Chris Dickin, Jay Hampton, Dylan Flora, Jackson M, Matthew D'Amico, Daja 1K1T, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Brett O'Neill, all the good names were taken. Hulk Hogan's brother, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Kyle Shreve, Matthew Salmon, Elijah Burns, Nicholas Kulik, Ocelot of Woe, Stephen Parnell, Jolt Addict 21, Aaron Price, Meat on the Bone, Dockabai, Tomakis, Sean Dillinger, Punk Rock Geek, Justin Zabrocki, Frozen Interior, Ray San Montongo, Brandon Basham, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Ryan Shimmick, Jameer Williams, Jared Pierce, Steve Dolph, Lone Cart, Phil McCracken, Double D, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Declan McGarry, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Juris, Dr. Mario, Vaughn, Jordan, Psalm, Burnout, Doug Keeney, Keel, Kyle, Keel. <laughs> you changed that to fuck with me and it worked. God damn it. Scott Graham, Tyler, Brad Levron, Aaron Kedvis, Dissect That Film, Phil Lencher, Breadcrumb, Spencer Whitledge, Illegal Amigo 69, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Tom Arkley, Thomas Childs, Big Sum One, Sean Turner, Bill Kirby, Lucas Pico, Andrew Pritchard, Ben Paul, Junkyard God, Sean, Triforce, Tony, Laces Out Dan, Jonathan Everidge, Adrian, Mad Dog Counting, Brad Beardsley, Spazernot, Dabs All Day, William Main, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Chris Pynchon, Ian Keg, Laura Watermolen, Kyle Shrek, Mike Hawk, Tyler Smith, Rotten Potato, Leon Lashway, Lee Nicola, Mako Revive, Munch Makuchi, DB Muppet, Le Leroy Westrich, Hunter Martin, Chris Sampson, Eric Scheip, Duke Dukem 2, Dark Squall, Say Something, Jerry Moolis, Brian Banks, David Carr, Joshua D. Matt Clayton, Michael Matthews, Smitty, Incubus Luna, JB, and Paul Burke. That might be the best one I fucking have ever recorded. That one name, Kyle, fucked me up. But either way, thank you all so much for the love. You guys are the best. I couldn't do this without you. Hope you enjoyed that, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Purple Monkey fucking Dishwasher. Cheers. Thank you.